0: This is Comic Shenanigans episode 404, The X-Men in the 90s. Welcome to Comic Shenanigans. This is episode number 404. It's our uh, comic talk spotlight on the uh, X-Men in the 90s. Uh, particularly this is actually originally recorded as an inventory episode so inventory episodes uh, just like inventory comics are ones that don't really have any specific time for their release but when you have to fill a hole in the schedule you end up pushing them out so when i was recording a uh, part of episode 400 a few weeks ago i recorded um, I was on vacation at a cottage with my family and i uh, guess paul score his family and we decided that we would record an impromptu episode we kind of went out to this uh we called it the podcasting shack but basically there was this uh, small structure uh at the cottage we were renting and it had like uh christmas lights strewn up in it and uh i just had a place to kind of hang out that was uh kind of um uh what's the word not fence but it had uh basically was netted off from bugs and you could kind of hang out without having a lot of bugs attacking you although i for some reason bugs don't want to bite me apparently i'm extremely bitter and hard to taste Anyway, so we decided we would sit down and record an episode, and I was like, okay, well, I think I've got something, let's just sit down. So when we sat down, we just started talking about uh, what we loved and didn't like about X-Men in the 90s, when Paul kind of stopped reading the uh, X-Men comics, etc. So it was kind of a, a free-form discussion about X-Men comics in general, but we stayed, for the most part, in the 90s era. Um, Anyways, our originally scheduled programming, which was a conversation with uh, Scott Collins, illustrator, uh, unfortunately uh, had got bumped due to scheduling, so that's going to be instead in a few weeks, probably episode, I'm guessing, 408 at this point um 406 should be our conversation with ron friends actually our second conversation with ron and friends so i'm really excited about that so uh sit back and enjoy this uh this free form discussion that was uh, again our inventory episode uh you can email us at comicshenanigans at gmail.com like the show on facebook rate and review us on itunes subscribe to us on to itunes and also listen to us on stitcher so without further ado here is our inventory episode Welcome to Comic Shenanigans, this is Adam Chapman, your host. This is uh, an inventory episode uh, where we record it in the summer, and it'll air at some point. Who knows when. <laughs> it's uh, not tied to any particular time period. It doesn't have to be uh, released in any particular chronology. It could just be released whenever I don't have content to come out. So I'm joined by Paul Scores. We're recording this uh, mid-August. the year about-
1: 2016. It <laughs> 2016. This guy's
0: posted 2019 or something bizarre. Um, so now this will matter. Yeah, no, well, no, this will always matter. Um, oh. So what, what I wanted to actually talk to you about. I mm-hmm. um, was thinking, what, what can we just kind of jam on? And I thought, we've we've talked about certain seminal storylines in the 90s before, from the X-Men perspective. We've talked about, on the, on the podcast, I believe, Operation Zero Tolerance. I think we talked about Onslaught. I don't think we ever talked about Age of... Apocalypse, that we kind of, we're leaving that one for the big one, because that'll take multiple episodes, very in depth when we eventually do it, so that we haven't really come to that point yet. Yeah. But we've done some of these 90s eras. So I wanted to talk in general, uh, generalities, I should say, about 90s X Men comics. What is it that kind of makes that era stand out for you? Where for you does it end? Like, when did you kind of start getting off X Men? Was it still in the 90s? Had it. Bridge that gap, or was it in the early two thousands? And also, when did you start actually jumping on the X books in the nineties? So we we uh, we've as I said, <laughs> we've, we've touched on our highlights. We've talked about Onslaught and Operation Zero Tolerance. We've talked with deference to. Uh, Age of Apocalypse, and at some point, someday, we'll do that. Maybe that'll be our 500th episode, Mammoth Spectacular, because it'll take forever. Mammoth go... Spectacular! Exactly, but... We say that soundbite for the drink. Ab- absolutely. Mammoth Spectacular! <laughs> Barring all that, <laughs> what is it about... So, let's let's go back. Let's go back. X-Men Comics in the 90s. Yes, what was your entry point? Time. So, I'm guessing uh, I'm going to make a presupposition that the animated series came before you reading an X-Men comic? Or am I incorrect?
1: No, cartoon probably can't no no. I got my first throwaway into comic book characters really was actually trading cards. Okay. Which trading card series do you remember? Uh, the original Marvel Universe Ones.
0: Like the nineteen ninety one, uh, I think was the big one? The
1: nineteen
0: ninety it was all with the power ratings in the back, and they had, like, Eternity, and... A lot of them did. had, like, yeah. events and stuff. But mine was, stuff. I think,
1: Series... It was Series 3, which I believe was 93.
0: Ooh, that's later than I would have expected. Yeah. Because uh, X-Men started in 92, the animated series.
1: Okay. So maybe I'm wrong then. Maybe it's 92 then. But I remember it was Series 3 especially, and uh, a lot of the card backgrounds had uh, a cosmic... Like stars background, and you had the character, and you had like oh. a, a rectangular or some type of shape that had like, you know, the cityscape background as well. That mm-hmm. was kind of the design of all those cards. I think
0: that might be the one I'm thinking of.
1: Yeah. And then, yeah, it had stats in the back, and then... um I had quotes,
0: right? Quotes from the characters? Some quotes, yeah. I the four,
1: And there were four holographic chase cards, which were uh, Wolverine, Ghost Rider, Hulk...
0: Spider-Man. Spidey. It sounds like it's the alternate FF. Um, it's funny that and I'm you there. could tell that you're Spockable. talking about, um, a card line in the early nineties because Ghost Rider's there. Yeah. <laughs> like, like that's how you know you've made it in the nineties. Yeah. Like hey, I remember
1: missing the boat on series two. Okay. Was some of the first cards I ever saw. That was my, actually my first ever time seeing Wolverine. Really? Right. The brown, brown costume Wolverine is running at you and behind like what looks like world war two background, like a brown, found- brown, uh, uh, ground and those uh, t- those uh, barbed wire X kind you know, of oh, yeah. uh, trench kind of covers and stuff like that. And he's running action with his brown cards. That's the first I ever saw Wolverine. I remember actually seeing Wolverine. I was like, well, this guy's pretty cool. What's he all about? Right? Yeah. He flipped the back, he's Canadian and stuff, and it was, mm-hmm. it was actually pretty cool. Um, and then, yeah, then I remember after getting my, some, one of my friends had those cards, and then that series ended when series three started. That was kind of always my foray into. Collecting trading cards in general,
0: Mm -hmm. almost... Was that was that the first kind of thing? Because you are a collector of, of sorts. Things. You yes. like to collect many things, and you have yes. that kind of obsessive gene that drives a collector—the need to have them all. Yes. Was trading cards the first kind of foray into and tapping into that kind of obsessive nature? It, not in a negative way. Yeah, yeah no, I mean? it, it
1: was. It was a part of it. I was. I was very fortunate as a kid, and my my uncle was very generous. My parents and grandparents were very generous, so I tended to get lots of. The toys weren't ridiculously expensive back in the day so you used to get a lot of toys and I a bottle of juggles and transformers and these come with checklists so you'll get mm-hmm. all the characters and check them off kind of thing and,
0: yeah
1: um this, is, you know. this
0: seems like such a lost art doesn't it a that, bit. that kind of stuff yeah
1: yeah you used to like putting stickers on toys is a lost art too yeah it's kind of slowly coming back now I think the latest version of transformers are getting stickers back again but
0: that's neither here nor there um it's also like back in the day when you got action figures, like the only way you knew what other figures were in those sets were if you got on the back. Yeah, you, know? you got to see all the And some characters. of them would yeah. have different characters on the back and you didn't actually know, like, if you didn't know that, that they were on, like there was another backing that had different characters, you Correct. wouldn't know. Yeah, because G.I.
1: Joe figures, they did that um, on the small card backing and then it was the vehicles that came with kind of the, the full-out folding mm. spreadsheet that had all the different figures and vehicles you could buy and checklist off uh transformers were a bit different because they all came in larger boxes so all of them came
0: with a special little fold out map thing that yeah. could do the checklist oh cool i remember days. the first few x-men waves uh it's interesting how many of those original kind of uh, x-men toys cable wasn't a lot of them like you those know? packs like there was, like four or five cables a lot of cables and, and uh, i remember every year in canada we're looking at the sears wish book and you'd, you'd just be looking for all the action figures all the new ones that were coming out that right. year It was a huge deal it's interesting, yeah. It seems like such a bygone era because now that's just not a thing. Exactly. Now it's like it's all specialty stores where you get that kind of stuff, and it, you just look online, you'd be able to find all the information on every set ever, uh, every variant that they ever did, pictures of them all. Like it's all at your fingertips. But at the time, you you had no idea. No, you sure. really had to seek it out. Like I I kind of miss that. I miss the world being smaller, or not necessarily being smaller, but being more mysterious. The internet, in some ways, has taken away a lot of mystery. It's also solved a lot of things, right? <laughs> That's very true. Right? Because now when you have a question, like, if any weird question I might come up with, I can look online and probably find my answer within five minutes. Well, there you go. Whereas back in the day, you would, you would, you would think about it. You would keep you up. You'd be like, oh, my God, I, I wish I knew what this was. I wish I knew who who these characters were. Like I remember, uh, I'm trying to remember, it was one of the... Uh, Uh, The Dark Riders, and I I had no idea who this guy was, but he was in like all this box art for these cable um, action figure sets. Uh, To this day, I don't know if I know who it was. I think it was Grizzly. Okay. Something like that.
1: Yeah, it's funny. I know a lot about different vague... Characters and things because of trading cards or playing uh, tradable collectible uh, card games, mm. um, an awful lot. Like uh, whether it's you know Marvel characters, DC characters. When I played Star Wars stuff, all this stuff, like stuff you never would have known. Stuff you wouldn't realize these characters in the background in the movie, like all the Cantina characters in that bar, have a name. No, yeah, you wouldn't believe it, but they do, and they have a, a slight, tiny backstory to them. You know, mm-hmm. and you, won't, you never know that unless you read expanded universe novels or you, it's in these trading cards. They just kind of make up on the fly. So anyways, shenanigans. So, uh, you know, my first foray into any superhero stuff was trading cards. Because, yes, you know, when I was a kid, there's a picture of me in this horrendous Spider-Man Halloween costume, which was essentially uh, your typical, like, Zorro mask oh, yeah. with a Poncho with spider all over it. And that was the costume. It was horrendous.
0: It's amazing. Yeah.
1: I don't know what it was. I was maybe like three. I don't know what it was. Um, That's the best thing I've ever heard. And then I remember those uh, those DC action figures uh, where you squeeze the legs and their and their yeah. arms would go up and down. Did
0: you have many of those? Yeah. I had Batman, Robin,
1: maybe Firestorm. I had the original like Batmobile. So. I had
0: Batman, Robin, Firestorm, Martian Manhunter. I had no yeah. idea who they were. Yeah, exactly. right. Uh, Green home. Lantern. Yeah, uh, probably w- Superman. I never had the Superman. I think I had Mr. Freeze, but I yeah. think I had the slightly later yeah. Mr. Freeze. And I had the
1: Batmobile. So that's kind of like the first foray of superheroes. It's kind of that kind of medium
0: uh, as toys. But then you know, I it's was. It's interesting because if you think about it, um, up until like kind of now, I feel like DC superheroes were always kind of kids' first entry point. Because they were just more prevalent. They were. Um, You know, you had the Adam West series that people had grown up with years and years ago, and so people were showing them to their kids. Syndication was a bigger deal. Before, you had all these specialty programming where you could find almost anything anywhere. It used to be, like, on YTV, they'd have, like, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, they'd have two episodes of Batman. Like, that's just how you how you saw stuff, right? right? And I just felt like so much DC was out there. You had these DC action figures and Marvel always <laughs> felt a little bit behind. They were really going into that Secret War stuff. Started? Yeah. That and, was a and, real big I splash. Mean, and that was like the mid-80s, but even then it wasn't as huge as DC kind of had the market corner. And when we were growing up, I feel like, you know, Marvel just wasn't didn't wasn't <clears throat> quite there. Uh, and now if but you also ask... also like that I didn't know one from the other anyways. They didn't really matter. True. And I feel like these days <clears throat> if you ask kids, I think they know a lot more Marvel <clears throat> characters because Marvel's yeah. just kind of take them over pop culture more so everyone knows you know um, batman and superman and robin but that's kind of it i mean wonder woman yes but it really takes a hard dive after that people are starting to know who flash is and green lantern but they're not household names not in the way that and i eight years ago i never thought i would have said this but they're not household names like iron man you know, like before 2008, I never would have thought yeah. that would be a sentence I would ever utter. Like, I remember reading a Marvel Vision uh, comic in like 98 or 99, and they were all excited that Tom Cruise was going to be Iron Man. That was the plan for years. Wow. He was rumored and linked to that project. I still think he actually could have handled it not the way that RDJ did. I mean, RDJ made it his own. Press. Uh And now that the character in the comics is reflective of that, uh, which is hugely transformative, but it's just, yeah. Anyway, total tangent.
1: Back to you, sir. Yes, thank you. So I was a big child of the 80s, right? So I was, and this is how they did it back then, is throwing the TV show, made a TV line, and that's how it flowed, right? So I was really, it was on TV, I had it. So it was the Transformers, it was G.I. Joe, Mm -hmm. Masters of the Universe, Mask, Visionary,
0: Centurions. Mask, I had one toy, and I have no idea what it is. Like, I I had the toy, and I liked the toy, but I honestly had no idea what Mask was ever. Because I've never actually seen it, like in my entire life, even up to now, I've never watched The oh, wow. Mask. I know it exists. It's a very eighties, but it's, yeah, it's, it's and fun. I, I had like one toy, and yeah. if you pointed, if you showed me a bunch of mask toys, I could point to the one. Okay, um, <laughs> but I don't was the green motorcycle, the young green motorcycle. No, no, it was like purplish. a lot of people had that. It was purplish. I don't know. Purples? Well, well, I'm also colorblind. So who knows what color? Well, it is. What, what what were the two vehicles? Uh, looked like a submersible of some kind, or like I, I don't even remember. I'd have to take a look. Like, were there a lot of toys from Mask? It was a fair amount,
1: yeah. Like, it wasn't
0: as huge as Transformers or JJ. No, 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 no.
1: It lasted not as, as long as any of those. Not okay. at all. But it was uh, one of those cult following things, okay. right? So, had has some really cool toys. They're, they're, they're remaking it now. It's, really? It's part of the new um, Hasbro... Cinematic years They're trying to build So Mask is going to be A part of that Which is great I love to see it come back They're, they're kind of Tweaking it It's not going to be What it was There's a new comic Coming out for it Actually okay. from IDW okay. um, So I'm curious to see What that's going to do Because they had to Take the eight, the 80s stuff That was part of it Out of it Okay, But I'm, I'm very intrigued And to there's see still
0: it. Content left After you take out The 80s <laughs> Yeah. Well, seriously, if you think yes. about some of that stuff in the 80s, like when you filter out the time period, it's almost. And, and nostalgia, is there a lot there sometimes? There is. It's a great way to. Like, there, like we're gummy trying, bears. We're really? In. Yes. Like we all love gummy bears, but why did we love gummy right. bears? Because the theme song? Yes. Everyone knows it, right? Yeah. Gummy
1: bears. So you have. It's a great segue because you have the Joes and you have the former. So what better than having a military team that has transformable vehicles, right? As mm. we merge that technology and bring that gap, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Thundercats, Silverhawks, all that good stuff. Oh, my God. Yeah, stuff that, no. Thundercats is also one I don't think I saw a lot of it as a kid. Yeah, great. It's it's cheesy. Some of it doesn't stand up. Obviously, you can remember it being so awesome when you were a kid like, oh, There's a lot of weird
0: pseudo-sexual undertones in that.
1: They in they like, in
0: like the third episode... Um, Lionel's sword gets knocked in like a swamp, so he ro- runs over, and grabs it, and then he rolls onto his back and he starts thrusting forwards, like you know, doing his, his his call, thunder, thunder, thunder. And you just see the top of the sword oozing down with this black goo. You're like that's really phallic. Like, yeah. oh. like he's just thrusting it, <laughs> and then it, the first shot is just the tip of the blade and the goo goes <laughs> sploozing down. You're like, come on. Yeah. It's, yeah. How did they not know? Because no one's hands in the gutter back then, I guess. I don't know. No, no, there was. Well, fair enough. Like, I, when I talked to John Semper Jr., he was saying, like, sometimes they would hide stuff. Like, they, they knew how to get around the sensors. I'm, I mean, they weren't, like, egregious about it, but they knew how to, like, get some stuff by if they really wanted to. Right. I mean, if you worked in the system, you knew how to game the system. You knew exactly what they'd be looking for, and if you shaded it in a certain direction. But some of the stuff was just, like, seriously, how did you not know? True. Anyways, so anyways...
1: Big show of the '80s. So it wasn't yes. until the '90s that comics became a part of my life, okay. so to speak. Um, That's and again, pretty late. Yeah, it is. Relatively speaking, it is. I, I, you know, my dad, you know, he had dabbled when he was a kid, but never really was a big thing. And um, I was quite happy with everything else I was already buying, collecting, and enjoying. So they never thought it was, you know, something they needed uh, mm-hmm. to add <laughs> to uh, the madness. Um, so eventually, yeah, a friend of mine showed me some trading cards, and I got into it. And then I started buying the trading cards. Um, and then, actually, it was funny. It wasn't until I didn't seriously started buying comics until uh, Transformers Generation Two from Marvel okay. came out. Mm-hmm. Um, I started picking those up, and that was a twelve issue miniseries. And it was funny. I, I got the first issue. It was pretty late. I think it was issue maybe four or five. I missed the first couple, right? And God bless my mom. We we went on a mission, and she took me to a whole we we. we we didn't google it I don't know how we even did it we we found out where a bunch of comic shops were not you wonder how we did it back in the day like how did people find I comic know. shops I, th- I think we looked them were up were they in the yellow somehow. pages I guess under yeah, like maybe. comic shops we, like. we looked them up somehow I went to a bunch of different comic shops all across the GTS all these different comic shops and managed to find these these back That's issues of G1 of G2 Transformers and that was kind of and while we were doing that um, yeah, this had to be because I this was all in high school when I started doing this this had to be uh,
0: 93, so, yeah, 93, 94. Okay. I started buying comics. Um. I'm kind of similar to that. I, in terms of actually buying things regularly and becoming kind of a devotee, it wasn't yeah. until, like, maybe grade 8 or grade 9. Okay. I would read some comics up till then, and I'd had comics gifted and stuff, right. but it wasn't until then where I was actually going out spending my own money on a regular basis. I had bought comics here and okay. there for, like, a summer or so, but not, like, making the regular sh- you know trips to the at the time grocery stores or whatever that always had the issues okay. and then eventually transitioned to a comic store it wasn't for me until about grade eight or nine so i'm about the same route that we came to it relatively late because a lot of people come to it a lot earlier and they become devotees when they're like you know you know six or seven right. or eight you know at least the older guard i will say right. um and then i guess the younger fans it happens a little later well there you go so we are similar yeah um, in case you wondered, in, there you go. In case you were like, <laughs> nice why way. can't we be more Thanks. similar? Yeah. <laughs> um, and then
1: yeah, the, a bunch of My buddies were had gotten into it in high school, and then I'm like, okay, let's just, let's check this out. So the the collectible card shop where I was buying all my collectible cards. Um, what was the name of the shop? Untouchable Sports Untouchable Collectibles Sports. Central Parkway Mall. Okay. in Mississauga. It's interesting how many places were like sports collectible stores,
0: and then they ended up having comics and stuff too. Yeah,
1: they they dabbled for a bit. They didn't they didn't keep it up, um, but they dabbled for a bit, and that's where I would buy, would buy my G two issues. They didn't they didn't, didn't do a a polo system or anything. Okay. You have to basically be there, and then I you know I never knew Wednesdays were comic day and all that kind of nonsense at the time. Uh, I go, but I usually frequented there pretty often. I was there once once a week, once two weeks, to, uh, once I had a few, a few bucks to, yeah, yeah. to to splurge. Um, and I buy the occasional comic here and there. And then, you know, this is when... Were you bagging and boarding? Yeah, they give you comics okay. and bags and boards, yeah. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah.
1: I, never, I rarely bought comics without them.
0: Okay. Um, and I don't then, think I did that for years. Oh, really? Well, until I actually was going to, like, a, a real comic book store. Like, okay. Because, again, I was buying off, like, grocery stores, and... Well, I, there you go, yeah. So, like, obviously we weren't getting bags and boards. And then I think at some point when I started going to Silver Snail a couple times, I don't think I was asking for bags and boards because I didn't know if I knew to do that. So I was kind of still keeping them just regular comics. Because okay. I was never thinking about it as an investment. And as we all know, that's a fool's game anyway. Um, and, uh, and then it wasn't until a few years later that I think I was going to a store that just gave you everything with a bag and board already on it. Okay. And then I just got used to it. And then I was like, oh, this is the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. Not that it really true. matters. I mean, no. I mean, really, it's just for you. I mean, like, keep your comics in good condition if you really want them to be for yourself. Don't think it's going to be because you're going to sell no, them because that's not going to happen. Not
1: going to happen anymore. This, the day and age has changed for that. And that's,
0: yeah, that's it's fine. been a long the, time.
1: My, my, my dad's going, Oh, you got any number ones? Anything going to be worth anything? Like, dad, it's, it's so different now. It doesn't matter.
0: Yeah. The, yeah. Only, like, the only number ones that are going to be worth anything, they have to be really old. Yeah. And you're not going to have bought them yourself off a stand somewhere. Mm-hmm. No, not. <laughs> Your local shop's not going to be giving it to you. Yeah. That's exactly. for sure. Um, so, yeah. So, that little shop
1: had the... I was still buying cards somewhere. more. I was still more cards than comics, mm-hmm. for the most part. Um, for quite a while. But I, I was grabbing... When Onslaught started, I started grabbing anything I had saw with the logo on the front of the cover, yeah. right? Um, so, we were you already buying yeah, Xbox yeah.
0: before Onslaught started? No. 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 So, that's the, the entry point. Yeah.
1: The, the, the entry point, really, for me, was pretty much Onslaught, Clone Saga stuff, right? Okay. So, I think I bought Spider Books first and then sort of dabbled X-Books.
0: Now, what brought you into X-Men? So I guess it was the TV series at that for point. For sure, yeah. Because that yeah,
1: yeah, the TV show started for X-Men, uh, Spider-Man animated, Batman animated, all
0: those good stuff was on the air. Now um, what, did you buy any Batman comics at this point in time? No. So why do you think that is? Because that's an interesting kind of delineation, it is, right? Because, because I think the DC
1: animated universe... Is his own beast, hmm. right? So that's his own kind of little segment of the DC universe, and that's kind of none of the comics reflect that. Where I feel the X Men cartoon had its own variation of existing comic book stories. I mean, I've been you know line for line, but at least it felt the same. Whereas yeah. the animated, because of the art style, because of what it was, um, it was just its own kind of thing. So if, if there was an animated comic book at the time, and maybe there was maybe there was Bad Adventures. Um, Maybe I would have
0: looked at that, but... um, They also, I guess, didn't have uh, uh, cards, trading cards. Did they have many trading cards at the time? DC had some stuff, but... um, I remember they had a a series... I don't know what iteration of it was, but I remember it had, like, grey borders, and they had, like, Modern Age and uh, Silver Age kind of characters in it. Because I remember I... Of all places, I think I was at, like, a, a Blue Jays game, and they had, like, sports cards and stuff, and they had some, like, Spider-Man cards and, and DC cards, and I think I bought a few packs there. And I remember taking it home my dad, and I'm like, Dad, it's the Flash! He's like, yeah, Barry Allen. I'm like, no, you dummy, it's Wally West! Because I'm a, I'm a jerk at this point, and uh, I have to make my dad feel bad that he's wrong, even though he was, you know, correct to a point, right? He didn't know that Barry had died, and I was just, like, giving him this card. I'm like, no, Dad, you're wrong, it's Wally West. He's like, who's oh, huh Who's that? Like, I would expect your dad Because well, it's such a dick kid thing to do, right? Because you almost want to show up your parents No dad Exactly, yeah. like, no dad, you're wrong, come on like You're so lame Like When you were a kid, it's Barry Allen That even sounds like an old name <laughs> West sounds badass right? Both created in the 60s, but whatever Right? <laughs> or actually technically 50s for a flash yeah. but. but the other day I only had so much money to go around um,
1: And um, my main focus was uh collectible card gaming still so, so overpower had come out in the nineties. That was the, the uh the big collectible card game that I mm. bought my face off of that stuff.
0: A lot of characters and learned a lot about other characters. And that's what kinda of led you into some of the comics or at least made it easier to, to kind of people have talked about how the nineties X Men comics were impenetrable. And I disagree. I I mean I think I agree and disagree at the same right. time and I think part of it's as a kid you you allow your brain to fill things in. Right. Um, or you'll see those little editor notes, which they don't like doing now, and and have a lot basically. Like they okay. really try to stay away from them. And as a kid, that's how I knew that there was a greater universe at play. That's how I knew that there's this tapestry, and I was they were giving me an idea that there there's back history here, and that always made me really excited. Now, this is a lame reference that I've made on the podcast before, but years a few years ago, um, I was working at this. Uh, I work at a bank, and I was working at a branch where they had one channel. And every day at lunch, they would put on that one channel. And when I would go on lunch uh, at this point, uh, they would have Bold and the Beautiful One. And I was like, guys, come on. Like, fuck. It's a stupid soap opera. And, they, and this guy looked at me, and he was a few years younger than me, this other guy. And like, like, I'm, I'm just like you. I said the same thing. But then every day, this is all I was watching because there's nothing else to watch in this lunchroom. And I got hooked. I got into it. And I'm like, that'll never happen to me. And like two weeks later, I was in. Yeah. And But I realized that part of that was that it's, it's a soap opera. And... I grew up on X-Men comics in the 90s, which were nothing but, if not a soap opera, (laughs) as well as Spider-Man comics, which have always been a soap opera. Yes. And part of what I liked about it is when they would have, like, flashback sequences to something years ago, and I wanted to know, because it felt like one of those editorial notes... It felt like one of those brief flashback panels that made me know that this, was, this wasn't just something I was watching now, but this but something that had been, existed for over 20, uh, 20-something years, 25 years. Which is, you know, that part I kind of like about something, that I'm kind of, I'm the new fan, but there's people who've been around for 25 years who've been watching this, and they know what's going on, and there's all these different relationships. So as sad as it is that I like *Bull and the Beautiful because of this, and I still watch it, which is sad, uh, it's been four years, you'd think I'd stop by now. Not every day. I'm not crazy. <laughs> Come on. Sometimes I just read the synopsis just to get through. You know,
1: it's better than that. I just went to my old hotel and, like, the view would be on. Hmm. You know, and see four chicks at a desk fucking talking about bullshit all fucking day.
0: So you take so, Bold and Beautiful yeah, over that? probably. So, but anyways, so that, that's kind of how I felt about comics at the time, is that you would get these snippets. You get these ideas that there's this grander universe existed. And it never threw me off. And, again, I know that the X-Books are a very difficult, tangled mess at the time. And they always are. Really, ever since the 90s, they've always been a mess. But that's kind of what I've always liked about it. And as a kid, I just filled the blanks. And I never felt like I didn't understand what was going on. Which I probably should have felt confused. I never did. So it's interesting. So you got into X-Books, it sounds like almost exactly the same time as me. The first X-Men book I physically went out and bought myself, I believe, uh, was uh, Uncanny X-Men 332. It's right in there. Uh, I can tell you the cover. Um, I can't tell you all about the cover but basically it's the first appearance of Ozymandias another you know the character he's Apocalypse's yeah. you know servant it was yeah. his first appearance uh, I remember the fr- the, the issue is I don't think it was by Joe Mad because it was got some rough art in this issue uh, I think it was like Roger Cruz or something and one of the first things you see is Wolverine with the no-nos it was right after he'd been uh Wolverine 100, Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, and Elektra was stalking him, but we didn't really know it was Elektra yet until, la- I think, later in the issue. I know this issue, okay. And then it was a, it was a two-parter, it was part mm-hmm. one, and then part two was in Wolverine. Yeah. That was my first book that I got in. And oh, like, wow. That's not exactly easy reading, oh. because yeah. you're, you're finding out about, like, Wolverine's all, like, you know, um, devolved, and you're like, what's, what's going on here? And there's Ozymandias, and there's all these ideas, and then you're hearing about this character named Onslaught's coming, and you're like, I don't, I don't know what's happening. Again, this was like me. This was my first issue of me actually buying Uncanny. Um, I think I had bought or gotten as a gift a few months earlier um, the X Babies issues of X Men. I don't know if you remember those. It was like right before issue fifty. And again, there was also some onslaught mentions there. But it wasn't until three thirty two that I was like, "Nope, I want to buy this. This is my. This is what I'm going to buy." Wow! And it was it was literally what that's like. What two or three issues before? Um, onslaught starts because three thirty three. Sad that I know the numbers. Three thirty three is uh, Gamb- Gambit and uh, Jean Grey g- and discovering Bastion for the first time. So right. Bastion's first appearance and Operation Zero Tolerance is first mentioned. And then the following issue is uh, an awesome Joe Mad issue with uh, the Juggernaut and him taking a b- uh, bishop and Gambit very quickly. Like does not he skip one of them across the water? Like it's almost. Fire call It's for, almost yeah. sad. And then right. And then the next issue is onslaught phase one. So it's, like, right there. So it sounds like we're... Our Men buying portions were almost identical. It's pretty close, yeah, because I had bought some Wolverine books just pr- Like, the first
1: issue I got was, uh, him versus Deadpool, no less.
0: Isn't that, like, 98 or something? Yeah, or right it, around it's, it? it's
1: Deadpool. Yeah. Them, it's uh, like a silhouette. Cross- you,
0: if you didn't know it was Deadpool, you almost would for- yeah. go right by it.
1: And I was like, oh, who's well, Deadpool? Who's fighting Wolverine? And it was great art in that book. I remember mm-hmm. who did it.
0: Um, Probably a Kubert. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Although I, I've gone back and I've looked at some of that Kubert stuff, it is like off the wall. Like I I don't even know what type of anatomy that that is. Like it <laughs> it's very kinetic, and I feel like it feels exciting. But yeah. actually, I've, I've made it a project recently to try and go back and read the Wolverine solo series for like the first little while. Right. It's it's a rough go. Uh, even like in the first few issues, like you have John Busema, who's a great artist, but he's not suited to Wolverine. Oh, yeah, I bought this in the Wolverine Essentials. I know what you're talking
1: about. Yeah, yeah. they're rough. There's the Tiger Shark, the Magic Force stuff, Viper, yeah, yeah.
0: The stories are supposed to be good, but I can't get past the art. Yeah. Like, and yeah. as we've said before, it's a very visual medium, and sometimes if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Very true. Um, it's an interesting time. Yeah, that, yeah, I remember that Wolverine. So issue. yeah,
1: I bought some of those, and then obviously the the foil cover Wolverine 100, mm-hmm. where he loses the adamantium that, which which slowly led into the onslaught. So yeah, it was some Spidey books, from Wolverine books, and eventually
0: that. So that's the, the, the main penetration point for the X books was doing that. Um, now, when so so you buy it, what are you buying? Are you buying Uncanny? Are you buying X Men? Like which X books are you jumping in? Because uh, obviously, as you said, onslaught. You're trying to grab so, all yeah, the brand Yeah, for that, I was after
1: the branding. I remember if I had, like the Punisher issue A random byway in Trenton. I kid <laughs> you not that was, the, that was the fun that was the funniest gra- everything else by I managed to find here or there okay um I think my timing is off here because I'm trying to remember when this happened so oh that Wolverine issue was Wolverine 88 88 okay yeah I knew it was one of the high 80s for sure so
0: um yeah I think I've everything from 88 to 100 I'm looking at sorry as you're speaking I'm looking at the artwork by uh Adam Kubert and Fabio Laguna okay in this particular issue of Wolverine And it has got some interesting poses. Yeah, it does. Extremely stylish. But there's a great splash page of Wolverine. If you go forward a few
1: pages here of Wolverine uh, flying at him. uh, It's coming out. This thing right here. I love
0: this. Love this pose of Wolverine. I'm glad there were uh, an audio medium. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
1: it's a few pages in, but he looks fantastic. I use that... uh, I tried to draw that in our
0: class once. I couldn't pull it off, but yeah. It's interesting to see also Deadpool making an appearance outside of kind of the the X-Force books at this point. Yeah, for sure. Because he was very much an X-Force character, so seeing him outside of that is kind of interesting. And I love, well, his original
1: four-issue miniseries, him with Black Tom and Siren, Mm -hmm. great stuff. Oh, absolutely. That's great. Great stuff. Anyway, so... No, had a time it was Anything it with Onslaught on it, right? Okay. And And anything was Scarlet Spider, I was all over it, that kind of stuff, okay. right? So it was, and then once that all ended, obviously I'm not buying
0: all these different books from all across the Marvel Universe. So hold on. I want to go back. Even though we're talking about X-Books. Sure. Yeah. So Spider books. It sounds like that was probably a little bit earlier then. Because the summer of Onslaught, right after that is the end of the Clone Saga. And if you're watching stuff with Ben Riley as Scarlet Spider, then that would have to be sometime at least in a, a year earlier. Not to... You know, no, I mean, that's fine. Stingy on chronology, but it's it's. So it sounds like you probably were more of a Spider guy before you became an X guy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For was sure. It, now, so like, what what was it that that prompted that first purchase of an X book then? Because you you knew the characters, yes. Yeah. But that's that you knew a lot of characters from the cards. You weren't running out and buying Ghost Rider. <laughs> no. Well, yeah. It's, it's the the knowing
1: of superheroes in the comic universe came from the cards. And then the TV shows helped, mm-hmm. and then that's kind of, you know, then the love for Spider-Man started, and love and love for, um, uh, so my friends pushed me too that they, they introduced me to some stuff. Okay, you know, they said, hey, here's Spider-Man, here's a cool Sp- Scarlet Spider character. You know, uh, this onslaught thing's coming. Did you hear about that? Um, and then I met other friends like who eventually would have Fatal attractions and Angel mm-hmm. Apocalypse. So I read their copies of that. and Go, oh, this is this is some crazy stuff too. I never owned it, but I read their versions of their yeah. copies of it, right? Um, and then eventually, finally, after I you know, stopped going to various comic shops here and there and buying random stuff, um, I eventually, through playing the card games, when we went to our road trip to Chicago, one of the guys um, was actually a comic book store owner. Oh, wow. Right? And he ran a place called uh, Risen from the Ashes in Scarborough. Okay. And now he currently runs um, Gotham Central, Mississauga. Hmm. his current store um he had gotten out of the biz for a bit and literally ran out of his house, so oh, yeah. he lived very close to my house, so he did a pull list for me um and this was okay, so this was just as it was a little bit before, but it was just before the ultimate universe started, okay, so whatever that is,
0: yeah, that's two thousand and one, okay.
1: So he was my comic book guy, just from the ultimate, and it pissed me off to this day
0: because he was—I never got Ultimate Spider-Man number one because of him. No, yeah. Did I ever tell you that I had a chance to get Ultimate Spider-Man yeah. white cover and I didn't? Yeah, because I did I was like, "Oh, it'll be here next week. I don't have four bucks this week. I'm yeah. like, Fuck, come on!'" I know, now. I know. If I'd only known, I'd be like, "Buy yeah. eight of these." Like, I know,
1: I know. <laughs> but You don't know, right? Yeah. I, I have a one, two, three, like little collection of it, and that's it. I'm still missing a the first appearance of Doc Ock issue. Issue eighteen or something. The whole run, I'm missing one issue still. Yeah. How'd that happen? Just, like, he, see he was good but every now and again he would drop off a duplicate issue or he yeah. would miss one sometimes and it would have me crazy and actually yeah, I guess had to stop and um, I, it was it came kind of a mutual time it came to me one day like I was going to tell him I was going to quit he came to me the same day almost and it was like you know I, I have to kind of stop doing this for a bit Like, alright that worked out I'm out <laughs> and then I found a place called the Comic Den okay which was my comic shop for a very long time mm. um, and they gave me my you know they would do a very accurate pull list great discount um, get anything you wanted, the preview book and then eventually they would uh, they would close down their main shop they ran out of house for a while offering an even bigger discount because of the inconvenience I guess and mm-hmm. only had a very small group of customers left and then they eventually had to stop wow. running and now I have my local guy in Milton that I do it with. I
0: so. guess I've been going to One Million Comics in Toronto for eight years now. It doesn't feel like it, but
1: I I see. I went to a million for for a little bit. Like I, I when I started getting into trades a bit more, um, and foolishly buying them at cover price at comic shops, and then getting better with Amazon and stuff like that. Um, it's but, too bad, right? Like, I, bought, I, I, I would rather prices s- from a million,
0: yeah, um, and a few other books. I,
1: but you want to support the comic shops. You right? do, you but do. you
0: also can't. But because
1: like, the difference was so vast.
0: Well, especially at the time, right? right. Like, yeah. cause, cause, uh Because, I mean, it's gotten better and then worse again. But the, yes. for a while, the Canadian cover was, like, ridiculous. Like, American, I don't know what insane. conversion they were using. Yeah. Like, I don't even know if it was ever bad. quite that bad. Yeah. It was, like, $30 or 48 Like, what? Yeah. I
1: could never buy trades because it was so expensive. Like, buying a trade buying you used...
0: American cover price, right? Buying a trade a long time... I, I kind of miss the days when... Uh, I don't think I started buying a lot of trades until maybe... Two thousand and four, which doesn't seem that like late, but yeah. it, but for me it did because I was buying a lot of comics and originally it was just buying like the kind of the seminal stuff or you know, the things that I wanted to have on my bookshelf and it's weird for a lot of years it felt like I just had a lot of D C trades because I was buying everything at Marvel and singles so I didn't want to duplicate. If I could go back in time I would have just said, Fuck it, like duplicated as hell, because a lot of that stuff you can't find anymore. Or sure. it's very out of print or I waited too long, like you just can't have it anymore and now I want to have those singles less and less and I want to have the collections just because the chances of me reading them more often are higher although even that not
1: shelf before you rip through 12 singles for sure yeah
0: books also like I have like you know thousands of issues so finding an issue is not necessarily the easiest thing to do but I really want to read this not only do I want to read this I want to read the issues that were related to it in a part of a crossover so I have to go to five different boxes or I can read a trade what what's these? I, I kept my crossover together. Yeah. Yeah, like all Civil War was in the Civil War box, right? Yeah. I I know. I, I wish. Understand. I wish. I I wish I would win the lottery. Well, I wish I would win a small amount of lottery, <laughs> just enough to buy you the Civil War hardcover collection. You know, it was like, on a crazy good Amazon Prime
1: deal For Amazon Prime day, yeah. it was a, it was a flash deal on one day. How much was it? Oh, it was
0: like it was still probably like three hundred bucks at least. Because I think it's usually maybe. like four or five. No, or something. It, it was like. Yeah, it was like two fifty three. It was like it was really... honest to God, I almost want to like say, Hey, this is your Christmas gift for like four years. <laughs> Enjoy this. Because like it's something that I feel like you would really dig. <laughs> I had it all. I know you had it yeah, all. Had and it. then you sold most I of sold. it, didn't you? Yeah, it's all about but it. wouldn't you love to have it? To a degree. In yeah. a beautiful hardcover collection where yeah, yeah, everything yeah. is there. Yeah. To a degree. Yeah. I swear to God, I want it to be your gift for four years. <laughs> Just like <laughs> Merry Christmas, 2016,
1: 2017, 2018, 2019. seventeen, twenty eighteen, twenty nineteen. I'll see you in twenty twenty. Got the Amazon
0: Prime deal. Seriously. Yeah. No, it was. Uh, I kind of want to do that. I no. kind of want to just be like, "This is your gift for four years." That's, I'll give you uh, one fourth of the tray of uh, the hardcovers each yeah, year. Yeah, just give me portions. Of I'll it. give you the box. The and box.
1: <laughs> fill it in as you go. Exactly.
0: Yeah. I'll see you. In, I'll uh, see you next year. Which ones you I'll want next her.
1: year? That's funny because I I had bought in. Um, it was a Japanese it was Gundam. It was a Gundam DVD oh, okay. set where the first DVD it comes with a box set. And then as you get more DVDs, you can fill it up
0: with. Mm. So that's a cool idea. That's a cool idea. Yeah. Didn't they kind of do that with, um, was it Star Wars or Star Trek did something like that? What am I thinking of? There's some some sort of collection somewhere where they like, they left you spots for future volumes. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I thought Otherwise, you'd know. No. no. Let me down, no. Paul. Sorry, man. Sorry. Where were we? All right. So yeah, so I had bought... Um, actually, sorry. so I'm actually now... So oh, okay. well, I, I want to ask... I'll ask one more clarifying question sure. and then we'll move on. Um, my question is, so with Onslaught, you bought everything? And you got my hands on, yeah. Okay. And I ended up with probably... Did you get the epilogue originally? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, now did you, I guess you were going to a comic book store at that point? So it was easier oh, to get? Ha-
1: I had to have... Been. I but I can't remember where... Because obviously, uh, Carlos... <coughs> For Miserable from the Ashes is way too late. I can't remember if they keep going untouchable still at that time. Cause I, had, I, I briefly had something at um, uh, Grey Region slash Planet Hobby at Square One. Only Comic Shop oh, yeah. Square One. I had something there for a little bit um, of a pull list. But they, they made you pay for it and there wasn't a lot of really
0: good deals that, That's it. what people used to do. Yeah, back in the day, for sure. Absolutely. So I did it for maybe just a year, I think, and gave up on that. I'm actually surprised more places don't. Charter? Because, yeah. I think people... I mean, as long as they give you some sort of deal or something... Yeah, incentive to do it, yeah. Yeah, obviously they need to give you an incentive, yeah. but I, I don't necessarily think it's a bad idea because, I mean, I've never been one of these people. If I put it on my pull list, I'm going to buy it. Like I I feel really bad if I don't yeah, because yeah. It, it is a financial outlay. They are buying something, yeah. especially if it's something that's fringe. Like, if I'm buying Amazing Spider-Man and I don't want that issue, yeah. they're going to be able to sell it, most likely. Yes. But if I'm... You know, I don't want that episode, that issue of Mockingbird. Like, that's a lot harder for them to sell. No, for sure. Um, so I, I'm, <laughs> I, I understand them kind of wanting to kind of hedge their bets that at least they're making something on that so that if something goes wrong, or, you know, some people don't show up. Like, uh, one million... I think they do, like, if you don't show up in four or five weeks, now they've been putting stuff back on the shelf. Like, they take it off, or they, you don't even have a slot anymore. And so that happened to me once, because I don't always go as often as I'd like. And I was like, oh, shit, now i got to make sure I go every, you know, once a month or whatever. But, so that that's scary to me. And I think the way you get around that is if you have, like, a regular membership due. It doesn't need to be large. If you have no. enough members, you'll still make money. Uh, I know 1 million has, you know, a one-time membership I don't know what a membership even gets you anymore, to be honest, because I think everyone kind of gets the same thing now. For a long time, though, it was like 20% off or yeah. whatever. So, you know, I, I spent oh, I spent a lot of money on comics, so $20 for a lifetime membership, done. wasn't even a question. For sure. Um, but so I, I wonder about those types of things. Like, if I ever ran a shop, I feel like mm. I there's a certain, once you build up your kind of your base, I, I feel like there's something to be said for having a small mm. per diem. You
1: may will talk about that when we open our shop. No worries.
0: Someday. Someday. I don't think the market's good. Well, unless <laughs> unless, unless you really like, you have to, whoever, if we ever opened up a store, either one of us or whoever we have kind of manning it on a regular basis would have to be an expert in magic. Because I've learned from listening to a lot of podcasts with people who are retailers, et cetera, that um, a lot of shops are starting to rely more and more on the magic side of the business to keep them afloat. The comics are make up like twenty percent maybe forty percent of their actual um you know mm. revenue, and the rest is just coming purely from magic which you need, is crazy you, you need to be multi purpose because mm. you need to have you
1: know if we had a comics division uh a toys and statues division you you know they can run the video game portion of it yeah whatever right um you need to have different it, pure comics is tough right my my guy at that he runs a, little, a small shop in Milton he does okay. There was a bigger shop in Milton um,
0: that closed. They couldn't keep it going. Um, and, then, and not to be rude to Milton But I would imagine that rents would be a little bit lower in Milton Than maybe, it's, it's, places it's like a, Toronto right? a, I've heard it's a very hard
1: town to run a business
0: mm. um, I could see know, that Because a lot of people commute out So it's yeah, not like you're going to have right. a lot of traffic I'm surprised day.
1: Untouchables is doing so, it's, you know, it's a, the, the, the collectible cars are, It's where by are legendary from right now okay. they, they charge a bit more than 401 Games do But we don't mind supporting the little guy For an yeah. extra five ten bucks. who cares
0: um, 401, I love 401 Games But they're predatory like their pricing is, I don't know how they keep it up. Like their pricing on stuff like HeroClix and stuff, it can't be beat. I can't see anyone who's ever beating it. But I know that they're almost, uh, almost exactly at cost, if not lower than other places. I, I don't know how they are able to sell what they do. Volume, I guess. But if you're if you're selling it at cost, you're not making any money. So they're, like, they're doing something right because they're doing great over there. Well, like they their have a huge grand- venue.
1: Like yeah, yeah. It's, like, we, like their plastics are almost a full two fifty cheaper when I buy them for at my place and like mm-hmm. we went there we had date night at the courtyard Marriott right across the street from them. Yeah. Went to the uh, the Keg Mansion and walked in why oh, plastics are so goddamn cheap. All the way. Why am I buying it? You know? Again we want to keep my I love how high your floor, voice went yeah, <laughs> I can only hope that the microphone was able to capture oh my God. the greatness that yeah, was that high pitched it was voice. it was awesome. That's for fun a Mega Man game I guess see if I can buy that at some point.
0: Hmm. Um crap, where was I? Comics. Oh, comics oh. Onslaught ended. What were you still buying? What survived the post-Onslaught? Because, like, so, it's interesting that you were were lured The the two core X-Books, Uncanny and X. Sorry, before you do, my Onslaught story is not as exciting as yours. (laughs) Because I was really just buying Uncanny and X. And X-Men, that was it. Okay. I don't think I bought any of the rest. I bought Onslaught X-Men. I bought Onslaught Marvel Universe. Yeah. And I don't think I got any of the tie-ins originally. I just read the main phases. And really, I don't think I missed anything. Really, because I mean, what what do you really miss without Unc- without Uncanny X Men? There's maybe one or two other phases, but nothing that's huge, imp- hugely important. Only like two phases, and then there's the impacts. Yeah, so like, and so like I missed out on the impacts. Not a huge miss. I mean, obviously I read them later. Yeah, and I like guess. But like they, the, most of the
1: impacts were like they did a good job making them kind of matter for that particular character so if you Absolutely. read if you read the book and it didn't really derail what they were doing they needed to be a special mini-series for that character it just this is what was happening this is was happening in their book during this time and you move on like the Spider-Man ones are still some
0: of my favorite ones it still makes me sad animals. though they're like let's go to Central Park and they never made it <laughs> Like, come on. <laughs> what what a missed opportunity. Like, that's just, that's just always such a funny story to me. That yeah. Because it's such a great moment, right? Like, at the end of that issue, you have Peter and Ben, they're running together, and you're like, oh, man, they're going to... And it's like, to be continued uh, on something Marvel Universe, and then you get there, and they're not there at all. <laughs> no. And it's just, it's just never talked about again. Like, it's just... Yeah. Like, they don't even mention the fact that they missed it. I know. Like, it's just like, next issue, uh, all the heroes are gone. Like, no, no, you were supposed to be there. Like... <laughs> what happened? Like, it's true. Talk about, like, in, was yeah. something just not going on with the editorial office? Yeah, or like, I don't know. Missed the opportunity. Were for they sure. supposed to be there and they got, for like, sure. rubbed out at the last minute? Like, that just so, always makes me laugh. Because, yeah, yeah, it's a great moment, too. Like, because Peter's kind of his powers are on and off at the point, yeah. and Ben, he comes and saves Ben, and then kicking at Sentinel's ass. And I liked how much difficulty they had against the Sentinels. That always felt very appropriate to me. Yeah, because like they wouldn't be able to just manhandle Sentinel. Yeah. Uh, their powers are good, but not necessarily. Sentinel yeah, they got super worthy. strength, but yeah, absolutely not. Everyone does, right? So like, it's <laughs> everyone not, does, yeah. not that special. Exactly. So uh, no, some great
1: issues for some of the individual characters. So I do. I I really enjoyed most of the impacts. Uh, so it ends, and now
0: you're faced ends. with the choice. Well, yeah. Again, there's there's only so much money. How to did around, you afford right? all those tie-ins? On because you're like what. Uh, this is, what, 96? Well, I guess you're 17 years old. Are you working at this point? I gotta be. I gotta say uh, I gotta be. Yeah, How no else can I'm you not. afford this shit? There's no way I'm not. You have I'm all not. these other vices, and then you have comics intruding. Yeah, yeah there's no way. I, I must be, I gotta work at this point.
1: There's no other way.
0: Uh, <laughs> otherwise, you have the greatest allowance ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very true. Very See, true. See, I wasn't working, so that's probably why yeah. I stuck to my two issues. Yeah, you're so pretty. I was nice. probably lucky I got the one-shots. <laughs> Yeah, that's very true. Um, so yeah, then I uh, toned it down because I, again, I do not afford so much. So there's probably a reason why I was buying on Told Tales of Spider-Man. It was a dollar an issue, and I was probably like, "Fuck yes, this is great, <laughs> nice and cheap." Um, so this was so this is untenable. So you have to make a decision.
1: I can't buy all of these. No, no, I didn't need to buy the whole. I don't these. want all of these. I dabbled some stuff. Like, I, yeah, I checked out some Heroes Reborn uh, you did? stuff a little bit. Yeah, really, just okay. here and
0: there. Which one? Uh, I think I, had all, I think I had all four number ones, and I stuck look out. Look you, big shooter. I was so lucky that I was able to even get, like, one. Because, again, I wasn't going to a comic book store yet, and I remember my mom was going to, like, Portland of all places, Yeah, and I was like, Mom, go to a comic book store, pick me up, Iron Man number one. She's like, all right. Because We had, had Life and Jim Lee and all uh, that's good stuff at the well, time. I didn't even know, right? know what those names I, meant. Neither did I, but they all look good. I right? just saw the, yeah, Ever this is what I used to like, that the... Before the age of internet promotion all that kind of stuff. you At the back of the issue, you'd have previews of what was to come. Yeah, And it'd be like, here's a bit, here's a warm preview. And that's where I saw Iron Man. And I only knew Iron Man from the animated series where I had like one issue that I got as like a gift. And I had one other issue of an actual real Iron Man book, which was confusing as fuck. But I, for years, was like the storyline I wanted to read the most. Hands right. Hands the Mandarin. Not good. No. But I had nostalgia. And so that right. hints it, Right. And so my mom came back from that, vac- from that trip, uh, that work conference, and she had Iron Man 1, 2, and 3. And I was like, yeah, this is great! And it took me years to track down 4 and 5, because then I wasn't able to start with until issue 6. But yeah, that was my Heroes Born. There you go. Epic. I love Heroes Are Born. It's but, not good, but I love it.
1: There you go. But I only bought a few issues, and then I stopped them all, I think, because I wasn't... so yeah, I couldn't get them. Yeah. Accessibility was an issue, or
0: I just couldn't afford to keep those... Keep those rolling. Um, well, I'm trying to think, what else, what tied in? So obviously, Iron Man did, Avengers, so all the books that were relaunched this year as Reborn. Yeah. Uh, what else do we have? Punisher. Did you keep Brian Punisher? No, I read really about the one Punisher because of the impact. That was it. Uh, X-Force. Nope. No? Okay.
1: X-Men? Just mm-hmm. keep buying X-Men? Yeah, X-Men and Uncanny for okay. sure. Okay. Those love. I think I tried to keep on cable for a bit more. Okay. Um. Through Zero Tolerance. Okay. Um. Yeah, everybody buying cable through? Oh, maybe I might have stopped after Onslaught, missed a few issues, and started again after Zero Tolerance. Okay. Then after Zero Tolerance, then he then it became some kind of other book.
0: Kind of. Uh, it. Uh, it had an older school art style, but I got yeah, an older school l- art. Style,
1: and they changed the logo of his name. Yeah. With yeah. An X yeah. Between. Uh,
0: it wasn't good. They had um, a the guy named Ladron, and he was doing and uh, it was. Kind of a Jack Kirby look, and I've looked at it, and I like it. Uh, actually, I started buying midway through Ladron's run around sixty three or so um, I really dug it. There was an issue where it's like with the secret history of cable, and it was like a good issue to kind of get caught up on the character and then I kind of went forward from there. It's not classic cable in any way like he was very th- almost drawn too thin at times, it had the scimitar, uh which I do like a lot right the um, very classic. and then i I think i read that tried cable for a while and I, I look back and i'm like what prompted me to start this because like there wasn't like a like at least you had an event right and then right. you decided well that was that's not for me i'll come back when the next event happens but i i don't know what made me pick up cable and i don't know why i enjoyed it at the time because i don't think i necessarily liked the artwork at the time i didn't know who jack kirby was like again i was much right. a younger reader my knowledge base was a lot more you know narrow Now I know things. Now I can look at it and be like, "Oh, this is totally a Jack Kirby style. It's really cool. The way that he makes Kirby crackles and Kirby tech, and it's all very cool." But at the time, I'm like, "I probably had no idea what was going on." No. Um, Remember Cable from the animated series, badass guy with big guns taking things out? That's not what this was at all.
1: No, it wasn't right. And then you had from Zero Tolerance. there was the one issue. The first first issue I remember, Mm -hmm. um, you know, was you know again Cable under the teeth breaking into some mansion taking out those anchored robots you know yeah you know and that's the cable I like and love and it was very hard to get that cable back um it took years to get that cable it seemed to
0: be small spurts of that cable so it's interesting so for me that wasn't my cable because again I didn't start really reading or knowing much about the character besides the action figures that I saw on every shelf um, and, and friends had, and that kind of stuff. But the cable I actually first started reading was the cable later, when he was a little thinner, had the scimitar, and, and then eventually went up against Apocalypse during the 12. So that was kind of my era. Yeah. And then I remember when Revolution happened. Do you remember Revolution? Yes, I do. So Revolution it's happened. It's one of my favorite Uncanny X-Men covers. Really? Yeah, the, when the, they're the, dropping were costumes. The, okay, interesting. Yeah,
1: there's a good splash page of them, and I didn't mind some, like, you know, with the... That was, that was Claremont.
0: Yeah, I know it was, you're, and you're was not a, a fan. fan of Claremont. No,
1: no, but the, um, the art of the one cover. I'm saying, I'm not saying oh, just the, the cover. I'm not saying the uh, okay. the books are very good. But I'm saying there was there's a great splash page of all of them and the new redesigned costumes. You know, you have Cable with the the visor around his neck kind of thing, yep. honoring Cyclops. Uh, was kind of weird. It was Very kind of AOA mix with the with the one bone claw kind of yeah, coming it was out. Yeah, it's kind of weird. It's kind of weird. But that car with armor, Colossus looked really good. Mm-hmm. Phoenix had a very unique looking costume. She and did big hair. Wolverine didn't change at all. Nope. Beast was covered in all kinds of gadgets and stuff. That he was, a little, he was crazy. a little weird. Um, but it's it's um because it, uh, I showed you the picture of that uh, Scarlet Spider. Yep. Web that I got framed, right? So yes. I, I, can, I I look through a bunch of comics. I only have like kind of a. Almost a special collection of comics of what's the cover I enjoy or yeah. a book I enjoy, and I was, he, he came to me and said "Hey, I'll, I'll free me a comic book for you for yeah. your church." I'm like, oh crap, what am I going to do? So I'm fisting through all the comics. I pick up this one, oh, can okay. and Go, I love this cover, but I, I ended up picking that one, issue Scott Spider because that was interesting. You know, I have um, I'm sorry, JMS Coipel you... Thor number one that I I, okay. I might have him do that one. He might hook me up with one more, so nice. I might do that one. Um, but yeah, I remember having that cover. And I do love. Love that cover.
0: Very interesting. Yeah. Okay. Uh so you really just stayed on the main books, eh? I did. And I, and I stuck them for a long time. No, um, when did you stop? That's
1: that's the When did I stop. Yeah. I remember getting about when you started. We have to I go. remember getting disengaged
0: a little bit.
1: At some point came
0: disengaged, okay. Morrison so came. new X-Men, yeah. so I still bought the books. So just, hold on. So to, to summarize some of the events that you weathered the book through so you weathered it through the twelve. The twelve uh the well, shattering. Was, so Zero
1: Tolence was your first. Zero Tolence is always. Slash. Yes. Right. Um, um, which I remember. enjoyed.
0: Yep. Uh then there was the twelve. Before that you had the era when uh, you had like Cerebro uh in his Oh Fox yeah, Great King and yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And then you had the hunt for Xavier. Yes. He had the Magneto War. Yeah you had all this stuff yeah yeah and if Joseph's there yeah for sure yeah uh, you had that um, which was all still bearable and okay you had the weird uh, the scroll storyline when they ended up in the past on the Skrull homeworld yeah when they the when story. they changed Morrow and stuff yeah 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 uh, and that was kind of when the book was very much like It and Uncanny were kind of the same story at that point they really merged into almost one title bi-weekly for the most part like Trial Gambit's in there somewhere? Trial Gambit's much earlier Sorry, Trial of Gambit's actually before, right after uh, Operation Zero Tolerance. Right, okay, yeah, yeah. Like, (laughs) almost, because Operation Zero (laughs) Tolerance ends, and then you get Trial of Gambit in 350, and then 70, the team comes back, and they all kind of come back together. Okay, okay. Uh, And also, actually, I should go back as well, uh, in the Objectiveless X-Men, you also dealt with... uh, you know, Miro first joining the team. She's the new badass on the team. Wolverine yes. and her throwing down, and yes, having uh, getting stabbed in the neck and all that kind of shit happening. Yeah. Okay, so you got through that. All that stuff. Great. Okay, yeah. and you like the cool. 12? Uh, was so was twelve? Cyclops' body gets uh, abducted at the yeah, end. Yeah,
1: a little weird, but I still don't know how it all worked in the end. But
0: no. Okay. Bizarre. And then you have uh, I think Dreams End was a storyline where uh, um, I can't even remember everything, but I think they killed off Moira. Didn't they? Didn't they call more Marvin McTigard in that storyline? Hazy here in hear my memory on it's that stuff. Got, yeah, it's going back. It's, it's going back. back a ways. It's going back a ways, ways. And then eventually, and then there's that last storyline right before uh, Morrison takes over where uh, Magneto is already installed as the leader of Genosha, and you have the X-Men going to go stop him, and you have like a weird Jean Grey pulls together like a random team of a few X characters to try and help them, and you also have um, Cyclops and Wolverine in their now black costumes because now the movie's happened. Uh, and they're breaking into uh, G- Genosha. I remember the shot of Cyclops using his beams and bouncing them off everything to take off all the Genosian guards.
1: Right. And, and the, they go the in... was then,
0: like, in the sewers, right? Yeah, like, exactly. And, yeah, okay. And at the very end of that storyline, uh, Wolverine basically guts Magneto, or, like, gets him through the back or whatever, and they're all happy afterwards. Like, he basically almost murdered someone, and everyone's like, ha, ha, ha. That's, what a great adventure. <laughs> Like, if you go to look at that issue, they joke about it at the end, Like, it's bad. And then you have Morrison. Like, right afterwards. Like, the yeah. next month. Yeah. So, Morrison comes on. Yeah. He he brings with him Frank quietly. Oh, yeah. And that wasn't to your taste. No. 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 Not a fan of Frank Quietly? No. No. Because I think right before that we had like Lionel Francis. You had been on the book. We'd had Alan Davis. Um, Ian Churchill, I think, had made an appearance. So you had these other artists that yes. are a little bit more um, classical, kind yeah. of 90s X-Men. And then we get something completely different. Completely different. With uh, with Morrison. So yeah. it was at the beginning of the end? Because you, you took a bit of a hiatus, didn't you? No, I don't think I ever stopped. I guess... I did. I don't know exactly which issue, but I definitely stopped buying X Men. I stopped
1: buying. I I bought the books, and I like. Again, I'm uh, one of those.
0: It was one of the hardest things I ever did do at the time to break (laughs) up with X Men. It was blind loyalty. It was. Well, for me, again, like when I really started getting into comics. I stopped with the Spider books once Ben Riley became mush. Yeah, Revelations, right? See, I didn't have that... Like, again, my first major book that I was buying on a regular basis myself was an X-Book. So the fact that I had all these other books that I was reading now, but I was going to leave the X-Men, that was very hard for me to do. Uh, I can't remember exactly when I dropped X-Men. I think at some point I did go back and and buy some of the back issues. Um, But that was hard. Uncanny, I think I dropped after Nuff said. It was bad. You had the X-Core and stuff... And you have See, like I like the concept of con- X corp I didn't like the art. That's fine.
1: I'm talking about the concept, the idea oh. of it. Okay. Right. The, all, all the Magrix is running the show and having that kind of global kind of force of of mutants everywhere. I like the idea of it. I just didn't I didn't get fleshed out properly. You know? No. The whole enough said. Um, Idea of comics was a pretty neat idea. In words, Absolutely, one of my favorite Exiles issues I've ever said a thousand mm-hmm. times on this show. Some comics worked out, some, yeah. Some of them did not. I, I think the one Uncanny wasn't terrible for what it was.
0: I think was that Where's right time? after Banshee's throat was slit, though. That kind of no, works. No, because Banshee yells at. Oh yeah. Uh, blob Avalanche. One of blob. them. One of them. Yeah. Um, at the end of it, so he still has powers. Um, and I think around so it was right after that that I dropped Uncanny. I don't think I really felt bad about it. Yeah, you don't, because the art was bad. Yeah, I mean, the art was bad. The, the Guardian stuff looked okay, but the stories really started going in a weird direction. You had Stacy X, you had characters oh, like that. Like, oh, yeah, I was about to start on that. See, what, what a horrible, horrible idea. I didn't that's, like the costumes in Uncanny. Like, at least in X Men, you had more of a standard kind of dress, and they were kind well, of, See, that's the weird thing. You had this new kind of black leather movie callback yeah. thing.
1: And then you have these anime manga designs by these Japanese artists in Uncanny. I'm like, well, which is it? What are you it doing? It was very stylistically right?
0: um, diverse. Yeah, but what I did enjoy,
1: I loved. I loved the character designs LaRocca did in Extreme X Men. Yeah, the red and blacks. Holy shit! I love those costumes. Rogue looked flawless. I love that costume. Almost mm-hmm. better than the original nineties Jim Lee. Yeah, it's a, it's a close second at the at the
0: very least. That was an interesting period for him artistically too, because he wasn't being inked. It was just being digitally colored, yeah. right? And that really worked, but that at times it was almost stuff. too soft. Yeah. But it worked. But those first two arcs at Extreme... I dropped it in the middle of the second, I think.
1: I love that second
0: arc. It was, it was just the Invasion stuff. Yeah. It was not, I, I oh, wasn't a huge fan it didn't I work did it. for me. Rogue was so amazing in that book. I uh, I love the original I, initial premise of the yeah, book. Yeah, it was great. The, the idea Destiny's diaries and stuff like that. Again, I and you, you already know no I work. love the idea of continuity, right? I love the I, <laughs> I love the idea of, of shit going on. i right. knowing that shit's gone down, and that's what that felt like to me. It was just like there's this woman, this precog who died fucking years ago, <laughs> and her diaries are out there, and that's a cool. It's a cool um, MacGuffin uh, of all the MacGuffins you could have. That's a pretty damn cool one. Uh, did it ever quite live up to it? Not at all. No. Not at all. That's a whole other thing. No. But the book, it started out strong. It did really well. The first two but then the they got, volumes, it was interesting it because nowhere. they, they killed off Psylocke, they killed off like the injured beast, they and brought in, made Sage a character, which Claremont loves Sage. Like for a while there, whenever he was writing the next book, you were going to have Sage in it. Like there was yeah. just, then there was just no other You had
1: Thunderbird, then you had Lifeguard, God, and yeah. uh, Slipstream. Slipstream, thank you. Straightforward wormhole guy.
0: Where are those guys now? Eh? You um, know what that the surf the surfer wormhole guy reminded me a lot of Ray Tracer from Reboot.
1: Yeah, yeah, because basically the same yeah, character, the same character, same as their power. I don't know. Maybe because he, he ripped it off of that. I don't know.
0: I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't. I don't think Claremont was watching Reboot. <laughs> who knows, man? But who knows? was watching Reboot. It was. It was, um, was a weird it was time. Yeah, it was kind of weird because yeah. you had. I mean, I gotta say, if you're gonna have three different X books, at least have them be different. But they were I almost were. too different. I like, know. It almost felt like they were from different times. Like, Claremont's book at least was focused on something. Uh, for, Mon- the initial for the initial pitch was... Initially, yeah. yeah. Morrison had a plan, they <laughs> just didn't tell anyone what it was. <laughs> and uh, as for oh. The Revolving Door, I mean, you, unfortunately, this is also the time of Austin. Chuck Austin, I mean, he's an interesting case of how did this writer get a, become a writer... And he wrote some good stuff. Like, his um, Exile stuff is actually passable. It's it's decent, even. <laughs> he created the concept of King Hyperion. Like, there's some stuff he wrote that was good. Uh, there's also a lot of really bad stuff that he wrote. And unfortunately, oh. a lot of it was in Uncanny X-Men. A lot of it. And he also wrote some really bad stuff in action comics, too. Um, so he wasn't just effing up Marvel. He was... Uh, he was, he was screwed up DC, <laughs> oh, too. He- he was, he he's making rounds, eh? yeah. yeah. It was, but it kind of, yeah, it kind stuff. of led me out of of uh, the X books for a, a while. Uh, I remember picking up the twenty five cent issue, um, I think Uncanny X Men four twenty five, and I'm like, nope, I just can't get into this. At the time, I don't think I was as big a fan of Garney's art as I am now. Um, and it was like he had skin and a bunch of the Generation X characters crucified on the on the front steps of the um, of the X Men's mansion, and it just. I didn't know it just wasn't what I wanted to read. and then reading like the weirds I would read about it online or the, the beginnings of all online or in Wizard and having the stuff about like Warren and, and Paige and just a lot of it felt icky and weird. and I don't think it's I jump, I don't think I jumped back on uncanny until Claremont actually. Uh, he came back right after uh, Austin left and was right around the time Morrison's run ended because then Austin flipped over to X-Men. And Uncanny was taken over by Claremont, and I started reading that, and that was actually okay because the first issue, you knew you were getting something classic when you're playing baseball. So, so it felt like a more classic book, and they had Alan Davis on art, so it definitely felt retro. That um, was with the uh, Savage Land. The,
1: the, the Savage Land with it was a very X-23. long arc
0: where you, yeah, X twenty three was introduced she was into the main kind of X book because she'd been around but hadn't really been in yeah. X men yet. You also had a really ill advised long running subplot. With, like, Rachel turning into a dinosaur. I don't know if you remember that. Like, Rachel Grey. She turned into a dinosaur? She turned into, like, a or dinosaur that, Is that when the, the Shi'ar Death Force came looking for the summers? It was around that era. I feel yeah. like that happened just before. Like, I'm a little fuzzy on the details yeah, yeah. because, I, again, I kind of walked out. And then I, I think I jumped back off after Claremont was on it a while. I jumped back off. And uh, around the Death Commando stuff, actually. And I think I got back on with the, with the Rise and Fall of the Shi'ar Empire. Oh, that was good. Which was much better, and that I thought really like would turn to form right. Uh, but yeah, so it was always hard for me to walk away from the X Men. Now, now I feel so divorced from the X Men because they've let me down so much. Um, they keep they keep really me in with some really good premises. Like Vesia Complex is so good, and and a lot of it is built on promise, right? And the whole like, um, with Cable when he had first rescues Hope. What, what what is the the word he says? Because there's that like that line he says. Something about Dawn, or... I don't know. You know what I'm talking about, right? Like, I it, do. For, and I this, do remember now, but yeah. And it's really... Like, it makes you excited. It makes you excited for where is this going to go? What kind of crazy adventure is this? It makes it feel like you're watching Terminator, but it's X-Men comics, right? It never quite delivers, though. Like, and that's kind of disappointing. But that, that was such a high-water mark. Uh, you had stuff like Second Coming, which, again, had some really great moments. And you're really going to get there, and then not quite. I know. Messiah, uh, the less said, the better. <laughs> Because what happens in between those various X
1: events, yeah, are nightmares too, right? Hippie X Men and, and oh yeah, stuff like that weird right? hippie X Men. Yeah, that's not Some good. Real stupid
0: shit that goes on in between those excellent uh, X crossovers. Now, um, uncanny. Did you stay on it about the same amount of time until like the middle of the manga run, and then you took a, a run for it, or
1: no? I kept going.
0: Really, you never stopped? I never stopped. What about X Men though? Adjectiveless. Did you stop Morrison?
1: Well, well no, I read. It. I, I, don't know.
0: I had it all. Had it wow. all. I through Control of it. Why? All the zorn. Why did you do it to yourself? Because it was X Men. Yeah, it was just so many. Maybe, you were maybe used to doing? Look, let's get through this and and see what's, see, what's next. Eventually, I had. To, I remember. Yeah. The, I, no, I had uh, made that decision <laughs> for myself, but I remember years later. Blind um, loyalty. Kelly was the one who kind of broke me free of the uh, the X train. She was like, "Stop buying this. You don't like Exiles anymore." I you... love Exiles. Yeah, but remember when it got bad? Yeah, Morrison came. Morrison Exiles? No. Morrison never came on Exiles. Yeah. Morrison? No. Claremont, sorry. Claremont. Okay. Claremont. I think it was post one hundred where I think I, I must have jumped off. There was a moment where I, I was just like, like or new Exiles?" Yeah. I think, oh, bad. New Exiles. Uh, I made it to issue one hundred. But new Exiles, I couldn't make it all the way through. It was bad. Callie was like, you don't like this, don't spend your money on this, it's not worth it. And I was like, you're right, I can't do it.
1: Exiles was my first
0: book off when I used to read books. Really? Exiles was on top, all the time. I loved Exiles. We've talked before, like, we just want a new Exiles book. I do. Something with the con. like, it doesn't need to be the same characters. It really doesn't. It could be anybody. Anybody. It doesn't need to be anything. Like, it could just be, you just want to see a a nice hybrid between What If and and Quantum Leap. Yep. Like that's, that's all you need. It's such a great premise. Yep. It's amazing that Claremont was able to screw it up. Well, you know what the problem because is he, he made it he had first of all, he has a few favorite characters and he makes everything about those favorite characters. And also, where it is before you would get like a two parter and so much would happen. Now you get like a six-parter and nothing would happen. I know. You'd have like one reality for six issues. And before, you get like one reality for two issues, maybe one, maybe yeah. three. And that's what you need it to be. Yeah, it needed to be a fast-paced... Yeah. Like, it wasn't about... It kind of reading for trade. Well, not only that. Like if you, so I'm going to make a movie reference here. Uh, if you think of the movie Minority Report, have mm-hmm. you seen it? Yeah. So one thing that Spielberg had talked about is he didn't want to fall into the trap of some sci-fi movies where he spent a lot of the time explaining the world. He just wanted to jump into the world, and you'd see it, and you'd be fascinated by it, and you'd kind of pick it up as he went along, but he didn't want to explain the technology. He didn't want to explain where they are and why they are. He just wanted to go. And that's what Exiles is at its best. It's not about explaining the minutiae of why this world is different. It's very quick, this happened in the regular or what we're used to. Yeah. This is what happened here. Go. Yeah. Uh, waste two pages on it, not three issues. Like It wasn't about explaining all this deep stuff that's going on, because it's not important. No,
1: you don't need every detail of where everyone else sits in this universe. No. Here's the universe, Xavier
0: is the bad guy, yeah. go. No, obviously, right? the, the first year of, of Exiles, you got a few storylines that were tied into classic ones, or something yeah. that everyone would kind of know, like the Dark Phoenix Saga. Everyone kind of has an idea. Exactly. But then you'd have a few stuff, like you had, like I think, a world run... This is the first year and a half or so. Yeah. You had a world that was run over by uh, lizards. That's yes. not based on anything in particular. No. Nope. But it's just it was easy to kinda grasp you get it. Go. Go. Exactly.
1: And then the the story needs to the arcs need to focus on the characters jumping, mm
0: -hmm. not the words they lay land on. Absolutely. Right? And I think that's what Claremont didn't quite get. Exactly. And his books were sorry. I don't necessarily think his books were bad. They They just I don't know if they were bad. I didn't enjoy them. You didn't enjoy them, that's okay. I I I think I'd like to go back and read them with a, a different eye and see if are they bad or are they just not what we were used to and at a very different pace? Because you that's probably correct. Because I don't necessarily think there was anything wrong with the issues. Like there are some issues of Claremont's old point and it's like, no, that's just that's badly written or it's just not good. Mm-hmm. Not good plot, it's 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 haphazard. But I feel like he did write some good stories, it's just not what we wanted and oh. not what we were used to. And so we were spoiled on some of this I mean, you had guys like Tony Bedard, Judd Winnick doing these amazing exile stories that really felt like epics. Yeah. They w- And they would make two issues feel like an epic. Like, I think yeah. in the first year, the biggest arc you had was three issues, and that was the one that ended up with, like, the sacrifice of Thunderbird. And that felt, like, massive. Yeah. And it was only issue nine. I know. Like, and the fact that it would even hit you at all, it was a testament to the strength of the book. 100%. Whereas, some of Claremont's stuff, I think he killed some people, maybe, but I don't yeah, even remember. It, it, like, was, it, it wasn't
1: the heart of what that book was all about, no. for sure.
0: And I like thing, the rag on Cla- Claremont as much as the next person, but I feel like I'm going to give him a slight out here. Okay, fair enough. Plus, I feel like they need... they. I feel like, unfortunately, I feel like they were like, we got to give him something. What do we got? And I feel like, Ugh. unfortunately... Well, it's unfortunate, and that happens sometimes. That I know. You know that, and I, I like that they try to throw work to these legacy creators who deserve it. I mean, the X-Men wouldn't be around if it wasn't for Claremont. No, and that's fine, right? So, yeah. like giving him an issue to work on almost like a retirement plan, so at least he's got some income coming through. Like, as much as we're sad that it was one of our favorite books, I can't That's fault true. him for giving him work, trying to get it, say, hey, hey, Chris, let, let's get you working on right. something.
1: I uh, also would have milked to the T the, the mystery behind who was sending them on they these They left conditions. it for four or five
0: years. <sighs> yeah, but then it was Crystal Tower with Bugs. I don't know. It maybe it wasn't the greatest ending. Yeah. But, you know, but it also led into a better status quo of them kind of being in charge of their own missions. Just no, no, kind of cool. Eh. And the World Tour era I thought was a lot of fun.
1: It was, yeah. I think I think once World Tour ended, that's where it started going down for me. I felt, always felt that, it,
0: that Mimic should have lived and Morph should have died. Yeah. But they couldn't. They, they, they knew that Morph was a bankable character in a way that Mimic wasn't... I loved Mimic. They made
1: me they made oh, me love I Calvin agree. Rankin. <laughs> Fuck Mimic. They made me love that guy. I know. Right. And I think killing AoA Morph would have been more powerful. Keep Link because she's kind of the glue. But man, I it was so sad to see because K- they made him uh, the, one of the most amazing characters, heroes. The the powers they
0: fought was him for. Great stuff. Mm-hmm. Even great, I do you remember stuff. issue like fifty fifty one where they had the the other Mimic. And yeah. uh, the big M, and at the end, like the big M realized that it was really like one thing. Like he thought it was the, he was such a different guy, but it was really like, came down to one decision, and his entire life changed because of it. And he realized what he could have been, mm. and then afterwards he becomes a good guy. Like they did some good stories there. Yeah, I think was that Tony Bedard? I think it was who wrote uh, that one. I think so. Yeah. I got to talk with him about Exiles, and that was a lot of fun to kind of be able to kind of see a little bit more of how the sausage is made, and you know, because that was such a great book. So, that's our, I guess, '90s X one. I'm surprised you you stayed all the way through. I said all oh, the way. Did you true. ever stop? Um, I don't buy uncanny today.
1: No, right? I buy extraordinary, but uh, so when when did it actually come off the rails? Come off the rails. So I suffered through all that stuff. You stayed through through at least
0: AVX, right? You're yeah. still buying uncanny. I, 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 yeah, I bought all. Yeah, I bought all the AVX, so yeah. it was insane. Yes, I know. Yeah. We did a whole episode. Yeah, my Don't whole worry. collection. <laughs> that right. was insane. So what was I, after? Nothing. Nothing will ever. Or, um top Nate looking at you and looking at your box <laughs> and he's like no we're not doing this right like, and like, next we do Civil War <laughs> yeah like three hours later he's like I didn't think we were going to go through every single <laughs> issue and you're just taking everything out of your long box or your short box I should say yeah. and uh, <laughs> just his look of incredul- incredulous look he's just like I, "I, I don't know what we're doing why are we doing this this isn't even that like I don't think he loved it right like I think he only read the first like the the main he book. made the core book and maybe a few extra issues, and, and, and you yeah. y- and you just they laid on upon it was, it was hilarious. Here's like sixty issues. Let's do <laughs> no. this. Uh, that's awesome. One see, one day ever. I would like us to sit down and do that with Age of Apocalypse, and at least we've all read that. And yeah. that's only forty issues. And it's still not as big. Very true. I think like, I feel well, like that, that one could easily be that. like Let's a 10 omnibus. I don't have that. You will one day. I don't know about that. I might have the new, and it may have the new reissued uh, trades at some
1: point. One day. Um, No, so Uncanny obviously ended with
0: AVX and Marvel now. And then you bought it when it was Bendis and McCalla, right? Uh, All the Bendis stuff. Yeah. So you got it up to issue six hundred then. Yeah. And then you didn't buy the newest stuff with Greg Land and uh, I did not. Colin Bunn. I, I picked out of the three books. I picked
1: extraordinary. It's kind of interesting. That I it took me this long to drop on Canary. I guess so because <laughs> I didn't. I didn't want villains as my heroes. Okay, right? Magneto's a little ragtag group of you X- could Force just squint and pretend it said X Force. Yeah, I know. Because <laughs> it's basically where's, where's is not, so. no. <laughs> So, I always I say, I picked up a few issues with Apocalypse Wars, which obviously, which I now know now, I had Nothing is Nothing. That no. I bought all the books with that that banner. Here's a question. No,
0: of the things. three Apocalypse Wars books, which one did you enjoy the most? You're going to hate me for this, but Extraordinary. What? Yeah. How? <laughs> I thought it was the biggest train wreck. Because
1: it felt like the most x men apocalypse story. You had Four Horsemen, you had Apocalypse, it was in the future, it was all kind of crazy. Mm. It was, felt very X-Men, right? Versus, what the fuck's this Archangel bullshit you're trying to fix? I still enjoy that Byrne.
0: more than that one issue right? of uh, like the, the time-lapse to year of them walking through, I don't know what that is. <laughs> this weird world they've been in. I felt so disconnected. I was like, fuck <laughs> off. I, it's... Like It's it, very X-Men, though. Every other issue. Of all the me- shit
1: they've done in 600 issues of fucking or plus of, of X-Men, you're going to fucking
0: c- complain about that? Yes, I'm going to complain. I think if that one issue wasn't there, I would have liked that arc so much more. Yeah. They could have just told me about that and not showed me, and I would have been fine. Like It just felt like I was painfully slogging through. I did not like it. It was too long. Fine. Fair. Um Amazing. I didn't like the feminine apocalypse. I all you, you all new you mean, right? All new, sorry. Yeah, yeah. It. Freed's, like, amazing to me. Um, Uncanny, I think, would have been my favorite of the three, but I didn't like either any of them, really. Yeah, none of them were very strong on their own, but of the three... And they didn't even, like... like, I guess, it's just... It's a weird thematic thing that one of them went to the past, one of them was in the present, one was in the future. I I, Obviously, that must have been by, by design, so they weren't really kind of walking on each other's toes. It just felt weird to have anything called Apocalypse Wars, and it felt like Apocalypse didn't really play a big part in any of it really. like He he was there in, in Extraordinary a little bit, and he was a very younger self, but like heroic self in Old New, well, which yeah. was kind of weird. Uh, it just felt like a weird decision. And I thought it was going to be a little bit more like uh, Fall of the Mutants back in the day, which was a thematic crossover more than anything. But every storyline was on its own. New Mutants, X-Men, and X-Factor. But there was at least a, a tonal sensibility that was so. similar, right? And here it was just kind of like no, the only thing similar is that we mentioned Apocalypse's name. Like, <laughs> really? Like, what Kinda, else? Yeah. What else it's, is similar? It, it was interesting.
1: Do you think it'll be collected as one big book? Fall. I already things? know that
0: it is. Okay. There is a well. Actually, there's a hardcover for it, but then there's also individual trades for each of the ongoing books. Okay. Which you kind of, if you were just buying Uncanny X Men, fuck the hardcover because it's not going to include the issues that are in the soft cover. It includes non-Apocalypse Wars issues. Okay. So you kind of have to double dip. Like, if you just want a hard cover, you you know what I mean? So that that was something that bugged me, because originally I put in a pre-order for it. But then I was like, but I really like all new, and I want to have that in trade format. completion. And I don't want to double up, so maybe I'll just, you know. interesting. Yeah, but then I ended up not really liking the all new issues of Apocalypse Wars, (laughs) so now I'm I'm fucked. (laughs) (laughs) Now you're 50 Now I'm not sure what to do. yeah. So, that's crazy. Now that I think I this is interesting
1: how we now go through the, the paces of it all, but that I never really stopped the X-Books. Cause I, I, the X-Books to me were kind of like your Amazing Spider-Man, regardless mm-hmm. of if it's good or bad, whatever's going
0: on. My Amazing Spider-Man started much later than Uncanny, but for some reason that's been the one that I've wanted to stick through. Yeah. And it's never quite scared me off. Uh Although I don't think it's been this bad. I mean, I think the worst time that Amazing Spider-Man has had since I started buying it was early enough where I wouldn't have considered dropping it. Like, it wasn't wasn't early enough in me being able to think about that being a concept. Like, it was uh, the volume two, so this would have been around, I think, 98, 99. And it was pretty bad uh, for about two years. Um, if you can go back, and I... I the issues are just not good. You got characters like the I think the squid shows up and you got some character called like the Ranger and there's like a senator they're trying to deal with. Like it wasn't good. Wow. Yeah, and like Shadrach, you know that character? No one does. Yeah, it does. Uh it was not good. And you also had like um that was also the era where you had um what's her name? Maddie Franklin as Spider Man and then in the issue thirteen she was a spider woman by then. and she like tries to make it with Peter and she's like like, a teenager. Like, it's super weird and creepy. You also have those are the issues where, like, Mary Jane, quote-unquote, dies. Like, it's not a good era for Amazing Spider-Man whatsoever. Wow. If that had been now, I might have considered dropping it. Because that was that was actually bad. Like, I may not be a huge fan of Dinosaur right now. Right. But I don't think it's to the degree that that was just bad. And if I knew that it was bad when I was, like, six or 16 or 17 years old, it's really bad. <laughs> Fair enough. Like, it was, it was just egregious. But... I think if that had been now, maybe I would have dropped it, but it was early enough that I just, I was too naive to think that, Well, no. you can't drop a book, that doesn't happen. Right. Yes, it does. It's yeah, no, it's
1: very rare that I, I dropped anything,
0: No, well, like, when, once, it's, once I was... When did you drop an ad- objective list, though? Because, like, Uncanny has been the through, the through line, okay. but did you always buy objective lists, so you walked, you walked through the entire Morrison era, right? No. With objective List. No. okay. You went through, I think, the Austin era right after that. Yeah. You went through the Peter Milligan era, which wasn't that great either. Mm-hmm. And you had some weird stories with dupe and stuff, and mm-hmm. you had um, yeah, not very good. But yet. Yeah, because that became, the issues were uh, Gambit that, got blinded at one point. Actually, that was Austin. That actually became Wolverine X Men. Well, much later though. Yeah, I'm let me let me keep go going, slowly. On. Right, okay, yeah, trying to tr- okay. I'm challenging my memory to see what I can even remember. The Galaga storyline. Remember that? Oh yeah yeah. <laughs> you, yeah i do now yeah. oh you bought that i i, that, I yeah. dropped off around that point i was like i can't do this uh oh. and then shortly thereafter though we got uh supernovas yes love that that was actually good i came yeah. back for that um mm-hmm. i enjoyed that you know, that, again with mystique and saber yeah all right but
1: now cable was there so that kind of exactly and then yeah. uh,
0: issue 200 i think was around when cable died right or right around that era. And then those... So and there's the, it's, a great
1: splash cover by David Finch.
0: Yes, absolutely. So I have
1: a big poster of that, eh?
0: Oh, really? I didn't yeah, know that. I
1: wanted to that uh, either framed or... Nice.
0: ...or mounted. So around that, that time, then you have Pesai Complex, who shortly thereafter. Good stuff. Then, Xavier gets shot on the head, and it becomes Xavier's book. It becomes X-Men Legacy. I jumped off yeah. at some point during eject, that. eject. Eject. Yeah, but you kept going. No, no, I stopped there. You did stop. Yes. Okay, so you, you broke up. You, you broke up with Detectiveless. I I, I I bought a little bit of it, and I go, no, I can't do this anymore. No way. I did. Now, eventually, I know that you bought some of the issues because it was AVX. Yeah. And that was around the time where it was Rogue's team. So I can't yeah. remember exactly when that happened, but you had it was Xavier's book for a while. Then yeah. it became Rogue's book. Yeah. And I only bought it because it kind of AVX. Now you read the Age of X stuff as well, though. Didn't you? Did you pick up Age of X? That was in that was in X Men Legacy. That was like the, the main book for that. Age of X. Remember that?
1: I do remember it. I'm trying to remember how I read it, though.
0: It was it in trade or? I think you bought the original issues. I think you faltered. I think you said, "I, I can't, I can't quit you." No idea. I
1: read it. I remember? I remember. I think it wasn't too bad. No. Did they buy a, the was singles it, for that it? That was Maybe around I the did. time where they really tried I
0: making did. a frenzy a thing. Like they, yeah. Fail. Yeah, that didn't work. Oh, it was one bad book in the AVX, too. It was such a terrible <laughs> book. Oh, I wanted to... Oh, toilet paper that book. Yeah. Oh, it was so bad, that book. And when did they actually end X-Men? Like, how did that book actually end? Because you're right. It was basically... It ended right around the schism, and then I guess it, it led into Wolverine and the X-Men, right? Yeah. Because then you had Uncanny and Wolverine and the X-Men. Yeah. And then at some point, you then had... Wait a minute. AVX was after that. X-Men Legacy was running at the same time as Wolverine and the X-Men. It? Yeah, because okay. there was an AVX tie-in to... eventually, uh, Legacy ends. You could tell that we're at a cottage uh, to timestamp this, because we have no access to anything, so we're not able to look anything up. No. So there's no double-checking anything, so no. when we don't know something, we legitimately don't know. I, yeah, I, you
1: would know better than I would, for sure, in terms of the timing of it all.
0: But I feel like there was an AVX tie-in of X-Men Legacy, because there was a frenzy issue, right? There was. And... It, it, we and also it had X Men uh, yeah, right. we'll AVX issues of Wolverine X Men, yeah, so. Right, you're right, you're right. so it was still running, but it was just Rogue's team. Yes, her doing her own thing. Yeah, were they based her, out of the school? And and they must have been yes, based, out the based out of the school. So okay, so you yeah. dropped at some point, but you were, be read, yeah. you ejected during I X-Men X Men Legacy. I know
1: for sure it came back AVX. I don't, I, I don't know how yeah. I read the other one. Uh, it just
0: Bikes. yeah, I'm always interested in that stuff. Like, why do why do people leave? Why do people come back? You know, and then so once you had Marvel, now you were buying all new X Men, and then it gave way to Uncanny X Men, which you bought as well. The two Bendis books, yeah. Now you weren't. Now, did you pick up um, Amazing X Men? Because or yeah. was it just X Men? Sorry, there was, was
1: X Men with the all girl team. Yes,
0: and then there was Amazing X Men that came out of four, uh,
1: And Amazing from brought era back Nightcrawler. McGinnis and I didn't
0: and that was after Wolverine and the X-Men ended and they launched the second volume of Wolverine and the X-Men but Aaron wasn't writing it and he was instead writing Amazing X-Men which was kind of the capper to his X-Men run this I remember sure it's crazy. First of all, I'm surprised I remember half the shit. Yeah. Second of all, it's crazy how many like cancellations or relaunches there had been Only in the last like six years. I know. It's you know, been until now. Up until it's then, it cool. was just like, nope, we just got two books. And now it's just like, nope, relaunch this, relaunch that, yeah. name this, name that. Calm down, Marvel. I know, it's crazy. Yeah, they've really got to calm down. Yeah. All right, well, thank you for talking about X-Men comics. <laughs> Any other last thoughts about X-Men uh, in the 90s? What were, what were the characters that were kind of your favorite X-Men in the 90s? That may not have been your favorite X Men characters afterwards or since, but oh wow! Like, um, who do you think the '90s were kind to? Who do you think they were really mean to? <laughs> For a while, Mero I really enjoyed until they brought her to space and made her softer.
1: Yeah, like they they, they changed they her look. Her up. Yeah, yeah, curved horns and stuff. And it so kind of like made
0: that, her maybe. made her again. Kind of they pretty. made her more of a soap opera, right? Because yeah. was kind of in love with Gambit. Am I wrong there? I think she had a crush on Gambit at some point. Did she? Or was it Cannibal? I don't know. Or was she already demoted at that point? I can't remember. Yeah. So much so, shit. So much shit. Mero first, I liked the first. Uh, Maggot never really. Uh, there was a
1: three. This was the big three X Men. Yeah. Yeah. Only only Mero really survived that. And well, Maggot Cecilia
0: Reyes is still around. Like, she, she is, but
1: she never became anything. She. Well, Mero was,
0: was like, something and then became nothing. So at least Cecilia is probably the most uh, has the most longevity.
1: She uh, does, but like, remember there was. I have a picture of her in a costume that she never wore.
0: Oh yeah, that was the O Z T uh uh like pr- uh, promo. Yeah and they had them running towards you and she was wearing yeah. she had like a mask. Uh no mask. Uh, it's like a half mask. No no mask. Are you sure? Really sure? Okay, I know yeah, she had the yellow and gold.
1: Yeah, it was a classic X Men kind of yeah. standard costume. I don't think Megan was
0: wearing anything though. I think he was wearing no, his, yeah, his Megat clothes, his cloak and shit. Yeah. And, well, uh, sorry, he coat wasn't stuff. naked. He just no, wasn't no. wearing like X clothes. Yeah, I guess
1: the trench coat. Like she was the one with an X Meny uniform.
0: Did Meryl ever really wear an X Men uniform? No, she had so. her green and purple and <laughs> in yellow, yellow, yeah, some yellow there. Yeah, yeah. She was, I guess, the one who was, I guess, succeeded most as X man. X Men
1: issue during Spider Man, Joe
0: Matter and stuff. Yeah, three forty-six. Uh, I think gorgeous, that, that is issue. well. That's amazing. Yeah. Like everything about that issue is just like, oh my god. Yeah. Like Joe Mad, you got to write. You got to yeah. do uh, Spider-Man at some point, which he did. Mm-hmm. Eventually, it took him years. It's crazy, like over a decade. But eventually, eventually, he got to it. Unlike Battle Chasers. <laughs> uh, why was he
1: know? Uh, Wolverines. Uh, he had a rough night.
0: Of course, he did. Yeah. He had a very like bandana wearing, like no nose. He wasn't a good onslaught. He was, you know, stuck being this thing, and yeah, he didn't really get to do much. Yeah. But he didn't really fight onslaught much at all. What could he do? Nothing, right? He spent most of the uh, that the whole storyline finding electric, out finding
1: out what happened, how it became, yeah. right? Which is kind of weird. It seems like Wolverine gets always the weirdest jobs and events, right? Remember yeah. Civil War? He goes underwater with uh, oh, yeah. someone to find out, find Nitro and try to track him yeah. down. He uh, gets disintegrated and they find out he can survive for being nothing but a skeleton and yeah. all that kind of crazy stuff like that. It was Guggenheim shit, wasn't it?
0: It might have been, yeah. with Humberto Ramos yes, in art.
1: at the time. The Wolverine series has very
0: odd He doesn't <laughs> always get the... No. That the was a really weird... Yeah, yeah, that was a weird segment for Wolverine. It's also interesting that people forget... That he lost his adamantium for like six years. A
1: long time. Like he
0: lost it for issue 75, basically, and he didn't get it back to 145. Yeah. So that's 70 issues. That's a long time for your marquee character to not have adamantium. Like that, when that's his thing, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, people always say that, you know, things in comics don't last. They actually do longer yeah. than you realize. Absolutely. Uh, how long has Gene been dead? I mean, guess we have young Gene now as our proxy, but like old jean has well, been dead. More since and that was like 2004, four? five like it's been over 10 years that's crazy i guess we kind of had her an end song but that wasn't she wasn't back she no. was just kind of there and not really it's more of the phoenix saga the yeah. phoenix force right so it's interesting um always
1: you know had a thing for cyclops use Latin over power one of the yeah. characters in the card game and stuff like that
0: he had a good 90s he uh, had an ill-fated uh, flirtation with uh psylocke licking motor oil off his face yes yeah that's something i always remember yeah uh sadly uh, he got married, which was good. He went to the future, raised his son, went, came back, uh, got to finally get to know his son litter Uh, him, he, his wife didn't die till the 2000s. So really he was fine in the nineties. I guess his body got possessed right at the tail end of the nineties. But, uh, yeah. any, he, he went downhill from there, from the 12 Yeah. onwards, it was, it was kind of the end of Cyclops. It was kind of like, well, for a while they were kind of shitting on Cyclops the way they like to shit on, um, Xavier. Yeah. Cause we haven't had like a, like really classic, um, Xavier who was, you know, still a good guy. Like 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 not that he needs to be a saint, but we had Saint Xavier in the beginning of the nineties. because you they kinda brought him back to the book. He made him the heart of the book again. And then they made him onslaught and it was just like, This is gonna be downhill. And uh we but and then again, as the nineties bore on, he just kinda got a little bit more mired and and then not knowing what to do with him, he had no powers for a while. Then he had powers, he was leading the brotherhood. And then in the 2000s, then they really just went they went to hell. Like, they took him apart completely sure. and made him a dick. Like, he was always a jerk. Like, we all, we all know that Kitty Pride's, you know, Professor Xavier is a jerk. And that's, that's a classic moment. But, like, at the time, he wasn't actually a jerk. He, she just thought he was a jerk. Right. Now he's an actual douchebag. Exactly. He had a rough '90s. He did. Jean had a good '90s. She got married. Nothing. I, I guess she lost her husband at the very tail end. But yeah. Otherwise, she had a pretty good time. <laughs> Wasn't bad. No, it was terrible.
1: Always loved Rogue. Yeah. Obviously. Um,
0: she now Extreme she, she was... was fine
1: until Extreme screwed it up at the end.
0: Again, that was 2000s. So '90s were okay for her too. Yeah. Uh, Gambit had a good '90s. Well, in the middle was a... well, look at that.
1: Look at the 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 cartoon cast. Yeah.
0: You know, everyone did pretty good except for Jubilee. Jubes. The the more the decade wore on, the farther away she got from the X Men, and the more she became Gen X. Became and Gen like X. Yeah, and unfortunately, being part of Gen X didn't actually bring you anything because where's Gen X now? Yeah, I know. Like we don't even know where we don't even know where Jubilee is. But really Jubilee
1: now. was is that token TV show character? Was, like every TV show, any Marvel property. Yeah, you know, there's always that token <laughs> character that maybe shouldn't be there, you know, whether Avengers Assemble had Falcon, or you had Reptile in, you know, uh, Superhero
0: Squad. Yeah. Um, So are you agreeing with the honest trailer that said, uh, stop trying to make Jubilee happen? (laughs) (laughs) Because they tried really hard. Like, I don't think she was ever as, like, she wasn't really an X-Man in X-Men. Like she was never really on the team in the same way. Like she didn't go on every mission. She wasn't.
1: She was on the. She was on the gold team. She was still there.
0: She was around. Yeah. But she was, half the time half she was like reading. She's reading stories to as She was dying. Like that's what her her kind of her thing yeah. was. Uh, Colossus had a bit of a rough nineties. You know, he kind of defected from the X Men. His, his sister died. His his brother died. He had a lot of shit going on. He, you know, became a bad guy. Got his mind screwed up a little bit. Then got to be part of Excalibur and watches his, his uh, ex girlfriend uh, nail Pete Wisdom. Like that can't be, that can't be a good time. Colossus' history is pretty fucking rough. Yeah. Like he's not even a character that necessarily has a lot happening to him, but when something happens to him, it's usually shitty. I know. Or he's cheating on Kitty. Like things. Yeah, he is a really short on the stick. Yeah. I, I you
1: know, we, when uh, Joss brings him back, you know, he has some a great mm-hmm. moment, great
0: return, and then yeah. they
1: very surely flush that all down the toilet after that. Yeah.
0: Glorious run, you know. It's it's crazy. And yeah, actually, I'd say the last decade for Colossus has been really rough. Like him becoming Juggernaut was kind of cool. But a lot of other stuff has just not worked. Nope. Uh and the yeah, ripping apart him and Kitty didn't really jive for me as a rare. No, him as a the Phoenix Five, all that kind of stuff was just terrible. Well final thoughts as we close out our inventory episode. Our inventory episode. You don't know, this could be like the next episode. Like I could just <laughs> I could have someone cancel <laughs> on, on me for an interview and be like, Oh yeah. fuck, gotta put this up.
1: <laughs> At the end of the day they you and I both love the X Men for better or for worse, I guess. Um,
0: Apparently, you love them a little bit better. A little bit more. You yeah. stayed with them more.
1: I stayed with them more. I with them I've i stayed with stuff. Spidey more. Yeah. yeah for, well, for Spidey, for me, it was a He's big ben.
0: roller coaster, right?
1: Well, Ben was a big part of it, obviously. Uh, I stopped at Revelations. I hopped back on around the Slingers stuff. But I ended up buying more of the Slingers book versus what Peter was actually doing out yeah, yeah. of the spinoff. Did you
0: actually read the Identity Crisis books when they first came out? When you took on those identities? Or, or was no, I I, just read, slingers. I up Slingers after the fact, and then I kind of... After the fact? I didn't even think that was possible. Yeah. I thought I it was so underprinted that that wasn't even a feat you could do. I love Slingers. I love Slingers. Great I'm, I'm actually surprised I it hasn't had a trade yet. Yes,
1: it's never been reprinted.
0: Because, because I, mean, I have that. A lot of weird stuff has started Maverick. being reprinted. Oh. Two things I own that don't have never been reproduced. I wonder when they'll get the Maverick. Everything gets reprinted someday.
1: No, it will. Yeah, I'll definitely buy it. Like,
0: one of the big watermarks for me on the, uh, yes, everything will be reprinted. First of all, the shattering in X-Men. I never... I was just like, really? Obviously, now I know that they'll eventually do everything. But there was a a Marvel book called Conspiracy. It was a two-part miniseries way back in the day. It was obviously trying to cash in on uh, more of a painted style, like Marvel's, but not nearly as detailed. Um, actually I think it might have been by Igor Cordy actually I, who I did not like on um, he was the new X-Men fill-in artist I don't know, during like the earlier part of the run when quietly couldn't quite meet his deadlines okay. and there were some really ugly issues in space Igor Cordy was the artist and it was not the right fit for him at all I've read some really good stuff by him X-Men wasn't it okay. his cable was fine or his Soldier X or whatever it was but not not X-Men okay. um, where was I going with this? <laughs> I lost my whole entire train of thought. Oh. Something about Igor Kordy, and I lost it. Okay. Anyway, I don't know. Fuck, that's frustrating. Um,
1: there's a hot on with Slingers, and hopped off again. Um. Oh, yes.
0: Oh. I remember now. Conspiracy. <laughs> This book, this two-issue book, got reprinted in a a Marvel's companion. It has nothing to do with Marvel's at all. They took a bunch of books that were obviously inspired by the success of Marvel's and put them into a companion book. And then when I found out about that and found out that that was going to be in there, that was enough for me to buy this $35 trade. Just to get those two issues reprinted into something. And I ended up reading some comics that I don't think I ever would have read otherwise. (laughs) Like, like I, I don't even think you could find it. Like, there's this creepy i really enjoyed it though it was a story about um a wonder man fan club now wonder man died in their mid to early 90s in force works number one and he was considered dead for years until i think 98 uh when uh, Busick brought him back but until then he was dead so they had this story i think it was by Abner and landing but i could be wrong um basically about this fan club that absolutely worships uh, simon williams and he dies and what this fan club goes through, and these two people are like almost this one girl is almost suicidal like it 's very depressing but very powerful about how people can get so attached to celebrities and really kind of think that they know them, but they don 't huh. um, and which, in light of our celebrity culture now is almost more prevalent. Because uh, people like tweet with people, and they'll tweet at a celebrity and think that that somehow means something, but it doesn't. It just means that celebrity happened to retweet something. It doesn't mean you have a connection with that person. Uh, but there, some people will take it that way, and it was just really deep story. And I have always actually, I think that's one thing I forgot to ask Dan Abnett about. I asked him about it a lot, didn't ask him about that. But I'd like to ask him, like, where did that come from? Where did that kind of story come from? Mm-hmm. And I've always been curious. I'm the only one probably in the world who cares. I want to know what happens with those characters. These, these Wonder Man-loving fanboys. Wow. Well, yeah, anyway. Okay. Ooh, go on. X-Men. So... Yeah, back to X-Men. Let, let me, back to stuff that people care about, not Wonder Man. Let me flip this to you. So, the X-Books
1: right now are in a very interesting place. We had hoped, post-Secret Wars, that they would kind of, quote-unquote, fix the X-Men or, or do something better with them with what they have done. Yes. Right? Um. So, if you... So, what? quick yes or no question. Do you believe the X-Men need Xavier to come back?
0: No. Okay. I don't think... Because Xavier isn't the saint he was in the early 90s. I think that's part of why. Um, I don't think he's something that they necessarily need anymore. I feel like there's a lot of characters that are on the X-Men or in the X-Men titles who don't even know Xavier. Like, like they might know of him to hear of him, but I don't think they necessarily have that connection with him anymore. Like... If you think about the, he matters when people know him as the teacher, when they know him as uh, right.
1: So and, let's say and he hasn't been same, in so long. The same time displaced character, young X Men. If yeah. their Xavier comes,
0: no, no, I don't think that that's just a slightly douchey, but yet still douchey Xavier. <laughs> okay, so I, you you have clearly been tainted by. I think they've the ruined game. Xavier a little. Okay, bit. yes, okay. I, I think they, they've they've. I don't think you can have okay. Xavier coming back having the same level of impact it had in the okay. past because they've kind of ruined him a little by giving him the dark side or making him have ulterior motives. It's kind of ruined him a little. Okay. So, what is the X? Ex- what, what is the X Men book that if this was on U.I. number one? What are the X
1: Men book that would Adam Chapman would want?
0: I want them back. I want them back at the Xavier Institute. I know that seems stupid. Because I, I just said I just said we don't. Limbo. Well, I just said we don't need Xavier, right? But I still like it to be the Xavier school. I don't necessarily need it to be the Jean Grey school. Um, that always felt weird to me that it was Wolverine that established it, and it never quite vibed for me enough. I kind of wanted to. I wanted to feel. I don't know. I want to say new reader friendly without actually meaning that because I don't want to have Kokoa on the Island or I don't want to have Kokoa on, on the grounds. I want them to have a school. And was a
1: little extreme with his. It was very over the top with yep. that
0: stuff. Like I want it to be a school. I wanted, it... I want part of me wants them to, I want the genie to go back in the bottle in a way that I know they can't. I kind of want them to have a secret base of operations, uh, have the school be their place, but have no one really know about it. That, I don't think we're ever going to get that. I don't think we can. I don't think they can roll back the clock that way. There was a time when Xavier wasn't known as a mutant. Um, I don't necessarily need that, but that was kind of always an interesting level, that the X-Men had identities, kind of. like They never had secret identities like Spider-Man did, but they also weren't like going on TV and being like, I'm Scott Summers of the X-Men. No, that wasn't a thing. There was Cyclops of the X-Men, some people would know. But he wouldn't, he wouldn't come out and say he was Cy- uh, Scott Summers. Like, There's just a certain level there. Mm-hmm. You've got to have, I want the stakes sometimes to be lower. I want smaller stakes. Because if you read a lot of like the older stories, like if, when we were reading in the 90s, how many of those stories were just like little stories? Like They weren't big. Mm-hmm. Some of them were just, like um, the issue right after Onslaught happened, where it was an entire issue, really, of them slowly congregating for lunch, for breakfast. Literally, the entire issue—it was just people slowly showing up for breakfast, having a little bit of an interaction with each other, and dealing with the fact that they just got through onslaught. That was an issue, and it was a, still a good issue. Granted, it had Joe Maddart. Um I think it had Joe Mad. Yeah, it was. But like, and, and like that issue—you had, you know, Wolverine trying to convince Xavier to like come to breakfast with everyone. and He's like, "I can't. I don't can't be around people because of onslaught coming out of him." Like, it was literally an entire issue where no action happened at all. And yet, it was still riveting. It still, it still made me care. I want, I want low stakes again. I want, and then when the big stakes happen, they feel like big stakes. Whereas, if every issue is the big stakes, it's kind of like every movie these days or every comic book movie. Usually, everything's the end of the world. Sometimes I want an, an Ant-Man where it's not about the end of the world. It's about one, like literally one little adventure. Like it's not right. about.
1: One guy saying his daughter.
0: Yeah, like, th- then that's okay, and and I miss I miss low stakes because the more low stakes you have, when you throw in a high stakes thing, it means something. If every single adventure is the whole world's going to blow up, it makes everything feel like less important. Like right. that's just Tuesday, you know what I mean? Like it's not like whereas it's like oh, like the first of the month, like you know, not the, just you know this is going to happen every week type of thing. It's kind of like... I mean, TV series fall into the same type of trap. Buffy the Vampire Slayer definitely fall into that kind of trap where the more of the big, you know, kind of world-ending things we happen or the new, this is the scariest thing you ever deal with, the less it actually made it feel that way. So, look, I kind of want it to be low stakes. I want them to be back at the Xavier Mansion. I want the team to feel small. I don't want... They have so many X characters that it's easy to get lost. Yeah. Because I don't necessarily need an an X book for every ex-character. I think maybe you ship some of them off, and you explain where they're going or why. Uh, I don't necessarily need a long dossier in where they went, but just to know that they're out there, that they're doing their own thing. Maybe they've graduated, maybe they're living lives. I want the characters to actually feel like they're not just constantly running from danger to danger. I want to know who these characters are, and I feel like, again, this is part of the problem with having these big events not just the Marvel line-wide ones, but also the smaller ones, but that are still events and of scope and scale, is that you don't get to really understand who these people are. Now, the one thing I kind of liked about the issue I already made fun of and didn't like, of uh, Apocalypse Wars and Extraordinary, where you had them slowly walking through all these different you know apocalypse worlds, is that you did get some good characterization on those guys, on what it was like for them to go through this hellish year and how they their perce- perceptions of things changed. Uh, they changed as people. That part I liked. The actual what they were walking through, I didn't. Right. Um, but the, the effect it had on the characters themselves, I liked. I don't know if that answered your question at all. It does. But, but lower stakes. What do you think? If the X-Men can be quote-unquote righted. Not necessarily that they're no, wrong. I, no. no, I agree. I they gotta go back to
1: the core of what the X-Men were. And what is that? Which is the school. Yeah. Just
0: going back. The school... They have a school right now, but we don't really get to see it, right? Well, but it's like a limbo. Like, like, what does that even mean? Yeah. Like... We don't need that. No. You think the kids right. want to be normal, right? Like, the whole idea was that you had these people who really just wanted to be human. Yeah. Or, like, they didn't, they didn't want to have to be X-Men. The whole idea is they, they wanted to eventually get, achieve a world where they didn't have to fight anymore.
1: Well, you, you dropped the ball right away when you take us back to... um, Crap.
0: Uh, Take us back to crap. Got it. No,
1: no. Uh, Sorry. What was the uh, storyline called before Messiah Complex, before Second Coming, um, when all all the mutants were were dying? What was it called? The
0: Brief Decimation?
1: No, no, no. No. A bunch of short stories at the back of all the books.
0: Uh, endangered species. And thank
1: you. Right. You you went back to endangered species where suddenly no more mutants were born because the Terrigen Mist are fucking with every all the mutants and stuff like, that. like you already had gotten if, past that we we knew we knew more mutants for being no. born again. Yeah, we kind of right? had
0: that story, right? You
1: had that. So I know when you decide to go, oh, let's do this Terrigen Mist thing, and then revert back to what we were, you know, however many years ago it was. Mm. That seemed like a really, really poor decision to do all the hard work yeah. and build up for hope, mm. to always make storylines, and literally flush her down the goddamn toilet. And, and all do the characters she's involved with, her. with it too, everything she's involved with, all that shit, gone. Mm. Blows my mind yeah. that they would waste a character. Introducing her, making her a big deal, and doing absolutely nothing. They with also her. don't
0: seem to be doing a lot with the whole Terra thing. Considering it's supposed to be this Mpox and this scary thing, right? Well I guess Death of X might address some of that. But, but that's yeah. going backwards too, right? Like it, it is, I it is It just feels weird that like why aren't you I addressing agree. it more? Like you have beast hanging out with the humans, but you don't really get to see him doing anything in terms of the science of it. And you have is the uncanny... there is a mole almost? Like I don't know. know. The uncanny X Men are obviously trying to like they're kind of fighting their own at some point right like it's yeah they don't really know what they're doing with it and like and like rogue's sick but like it's very inconsistent as well over an uncanny avengers like yeah i feel like they they introduced a concept that they really didn't know what to do with it that being said not the first time that's happened because we had legacy virus in the 90s but i felt like legacy virus again legacy virus felt like it was it was aids I mean, right. the, it was obvious, like, to everyone. Although, as a kid, I probably didn't pick it up, but... Right. I mean, the early 90s and late 80s is when age was the scary new new, right. new disease. So they came up with a new version of that for the mutants that so you could draw that parallel. Okay. Yeah. And they did a lot of stories advancing that. And it also felt like... Uh, the legacy virus, the way they built it, it wasn't going to attack everyone. It was going to kind of show up, and you didn't know how it was going to affect you. Whereas MPOX, it feels like once you're exposed, you should just die, right? Like Yeah, it's this weird big floating cloud. It's this cloud, and I don't know a, how the Terrigen Mist yeah. is still activating people. Like, How is this cloud still moving? How is it not dissipated yet? Like, I yeah. don't think they really thought it it's through. It's a very bizarre concept. Whereas the it. contagion that was legacy virus felt like I don't think they ever had a plan for how it was going to end, but yeah. it definitely felt like they were at least... They knew what it was and how they were going to extrapolate and have it develop. Um, and now, again, we're getting a retread right on that. And it doesn't feel like it's not trying to kind of ape a real storyline or like a real-world thing. It's not doing a real-world parallel. Right. It's just kind of there to make the X-Men and in, inhumans in hate each other. Yeah. For what? Like I that. Feels, even that feels like very artificial. Uh, is it supposed to make me feel like, oh yeah, fuck you mutants, I want Inhumans in my MCU movies. <laughs> like, I don't know what the point is. Yeah, I don't know what it and is. And that movie's not know? coming for years. I know. So.
1: It's it's a bizarre little thing, you know? Um, yeah, and like having Rogue being the only person who cares that Xavier's brain is running on Red Skull. That's weird, too. Right?
0: And no one else cares. No. Nope. Um, maybe, exi- maybe Cyclops would care if he wasn't, quote-unquote, maybe dead.
1: Maybe even... <laughs> Even the original Marvel now.
0: Yeah. Didn't care. No. So Well that was I, I'm gonna chalk that up a little bit to just totally different editorial offices that didn't care about crossing the streams. Yeah. Plus Bennis writes his own stories. No, right? I know. And that's He's like, What's going on with Xavier? Eh, yeah, I'm good. Exactly. And I write my own story. Yeah.
1: Which is which is completely unfortunate. So yeah, no, I think you wanna go back to basics, you wanna go back to roots. You wanna have like I don't mind having like the concept of the three books having their own mission statement, sense of direction. I'm okay with that. That
0: I appreciate. Yeah, I appreciate that the to, books feel yeah. different and that they're okay. their own thing. Yeah. If they all felt the same, I'd, I'd be more pissed. Exactly. Yeah, if absolutely. You, yeah, if you had three different groups of, of X-Men
1: characters, mm-hmm. three teams, uh, blue, gold, red, whatever you want to call it, I don't care. Blue, gold,
0: red. <laughs>
1: right? Red team. Yeah, sure. Give them back the red extreme costumes. I'm down with that. Oh, yeah. Um, and Or you know if one of them was... Or Unity Squad, whatever, with whatever that's fine but I think they need at the end of the day the the textbook should have a unified overall mm. purpose and they'll come together when the big the big threats yep. but then all of them deal with the the smaller level problems
0: mm. uh, each with their own sense And that's all, fine. and all new does do that like that, that that book feels like they're doing their own kind of missions that's that's the most X-Many of the books to it me is. it is but it doesn't have the school, but it has students, it has kids. I think that's a big part of it. But I guess
1: the wrong group of kids, because you yeah. have these time-displaced characters who... Not even all of them. Yeah, right? It's
0: always weird to me that Jean Grey's not with them. Like, I get why, I guess. Like, I guess I'm not they, even sure they'll why. They'll
1: pick names out of a hat and say, oh, well, I want these ones, I want these ones. No, they like... Uh...
0: Keep them together, they're a squad. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Thank you for joining me for this uh, this fun uh, diversion and uh, inventory episode. You can email us at comic shenanigans at gmail.com. You can like us on Facebook, rate and review us on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes. And you can also listen to us on Stitcher. Thanks again, and we will catch you next time on Comic Shenanigans. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.